in March of 2016, two podcasters voiced opinions about found footage movies near Burkittsville, Maryland. They disappeared shortly after. Later, the recordings were found by sarcastic hipsters under discarded menus for overpriced designer muffins. The following episode is the only known collection of those recordings. High five! High five! Should we high five? High five! High five! High five! High five! High five, son! Woo! High five! Don't let me hang it. And we're here. Gonna do it. episode. I like your Mario music. Thank you. That's super nice. That's the one that I'm really good at. I know all the lyrics. Watch, listen to this. Yep. Do, 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 yeah, but so better- no, it's not the same. Cause no, no. In in David Bowie's version, it goes do 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 do. But in my version, it's do 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 do. But the better you know? question is, do you know the dungeon music? Yeah, do it. Do 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 no! do. Dungeon, 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 dungeon. <laughs> no, dungeon. it's da 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 all right welcome to the mario brothers podcast where we where we just recreate vocally all of the music from every super mario game you know the weird part that would probably be a pretty successful show people would be like acapella mario music i'm into it if the the podcast would probably be called super brothers mario come eat shrooms with us as we get down on some of the best themes from the Mario universe. Honestly, new podcast idea. <laughs> Come eat Two shrooms. people eat shrooms and talk about Mario Brothers for an hour. I'm into it. And they would probably get lost. Yeah. Which brings minute, us into a segue. Into a segue into our <laughs> in, into our, uh, our, our episode. Our minute-by-minute minute Super Mario right. Brothers podcast. Because what happens after you get lost? You, you get, get found. found. Oh, oh, shit. Man. And we're talking found footage. We are. We are. Um that's it. I don't have anything. <laughs> All else. right, guys. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> no, seriously. Found footage. Uh, it's one of those things, man, that it amongst uh, film critics, I would say, is a very deci- divisive. Decisive. <laughs> decisive. Uh, it's a very divisive style of film. It's one of those that I actually think is interesting because so many people, when a genre or a director or a movie style and it comes out, people are like, Oh, what this look at this great ad- like use of found footage. Look at this brand new way of telling a story, but the movies all get shit on. Yeah. You know, like it happened with Cloverfield, it happened with um, you know, with Blair Witch when it came out, it happened with a bunch of them. People were like, this is a brilliant new way of telling a story and look at the marketing behind it and this and this and this. And then it's like, "Oh yeah, what do you write that movie? Zero stars. <laughs> it sucked ass. There's no big names in it at all." It's like that's kind of the idea. This is the point. Uh, also, we need to introduce who we are. I'm sure. Q. You're Jay. I am. All day long, you're Jay. All day you long. You started the show as Jay. You will end the show as Jay. In the middle, I might change a little bit, but okay. I will come back around to Jay. being Jay always. Jay all day. And I'm and I'm your host, Q. Uh, just for today. Yeah. No. Who knows? Maybe. Next time may not be me. 
it's, it's probably always gonna. It's always been you. <laughs> it is true. So, it, but you should, never know. We should just stick with. I'm it. just trying to keep the audience on their toes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who knows? I like I Maybe like I'll it. be B. Arthur next time. She's you know here what? with us. We do. We have our picture of B. Arthur as uh, she is our muse. She is for every episode of the podcast. If and, you're a constant listener, and I think the I think the real deal is it's just because of her look. It is encouraging yet stern, and like motherly yet defensive. But and also just extremely sexual. Yeah. Oh, yes. Just it, B. Arthur just exudes ex- sex. It's just oozing. That's out why of the Golden Girls was so popular in the ratings. It sex was. Appeal. It was yeah. extreme sex appeal, especially amongst that really important eighteen yeah. to thirty-two demographic. People are like, "Ooh, Estelle Getty, get my hand out of my pants." Oh my god, I won't because no. I'm watching Golden Girls. <laughs> and then when you and I watch Ooh, it together, Blanche. it's like, "Ooh, get your hand out of my pants." <laughs> And then it's like, no, because that's just how we do it. All right. Anyway, we're being weird. So here's the deal. Found footage. So found footage. Yeah. Uh, Found footage. So yeah, like you were saying, it is really weird. Critics seem to find the concept of it really interesting and exciting, especially when uh, it is one of those genres that is so like specific because it is, it is is like it's found footage. So it has to have a story that. Uh, supports the concept of footage either being filmed during right the story happening by the main characters or by some sort of like security footage or it, or what have you it's inherently quite meta because it's one of the only film styles outside of documentary style filmmaking that acknowledges the existence of the camera. Absolutely. As a so, viewer. As so a, yes. it acknowledges the viewers that yes. this is something that is being watched. That will be seen that is done purposefully. Correct. So, you know, and it's most common used in horror films, which as everybody who listens to the show knows, I'm a gigantic fan of horror. Totally. So J-horror. I have seen a lot of these movies. And so this was an exciting topic when you presented it. Um, I, I definitely had a list ready to go. Yeah, it's exciting. So I'm, ex- I'm excited to kind of dive in. And what's funny about it, too, is um, I would say as much as the critics want to hate on it, it's genuinely one of my favorites. Like, I really like found yeah. footage. I, I find it exciting. I think it's really neat how they kind of, um, if it's done well, they continually find ways to kind of flip it and make you look at found footage from a different angle. Now, one of the things that I find interesting and that it's always exciting to me is when a genre outside of found uh, outside of horror will use found footage. Totally. I have one or two on my list that I've mentioned that honestly, one of the main reasons that they're on my list at all is because they've used it outside of 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 the horror genre. And that to me, if they can do it well, it is, kind of a feat in my opinion i dig it i want to pose this question to you before we get into the okay list, sure yeah, yeah i have my answer but why do you think found footage works so well in the horror genre why is that um bah, 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 bah. okay uh if just shooting off the top of my head my guess is because it it makes you feel involved in the plot it immerses you in the story you are now an active uh, component to the yeah. horror that you're watching as opposed to just being like a passive yeah. omniscient viewer who's just kind of watching a preset up movie. Also, I think it feels more real whether yeah. you know it's false found footage yeah. or not. I think it feels it, it, it plants that seed of doubt in your mind. I am glad you said that. Cause that to me is the reason that I think it works so well because it has an inherent aspect of voyeurism. 
So in I am so into it. So in every movie that you watch, you know you're a a viewer. You know you're a watcher of what's happening. Like if you're watching in the woods, you're watching Moonlight, or if you're watching, you know, Star Wars, you can you know you're watching something. Wait, 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 wait. Star Wars is found footage. No, it's not. Yo, no, it's real. That happened. It's a documentary. What? You didn't know that? No, a a, a time long, long ago. Right. Oh my god. Mind blown. Oh my god, you've been watching them not as found footage this I, entire time? I need to redo my list. Oh my god. I, you know what? I think it's because I went to a Christian high school and we, in our history books, skipped over the Clone Wars because cloning is against God. I understand. Yeah. I do understand. Just it immediately. Is, it is against God, but it's not against George we Lucas. We just skipped right over it. Clearly um. you weren't at the church of George <laughs> Lucas. The church of Lucas. Oh, praise G. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yes. But yeah, I agree. so... And and that aspect of voyeurism, there's always a little bit of danger in it. Yeah, totally. So if you're watching something that you know you shouldn't be watching, you always have that inherent sense of, I shouldn't be doing this. So if you're watching something where, you know, you think someone might have died or you think, you know, something bad happened or I, this is confidential footage that I'm not supposed to be seeing – you sort of intrinsically have that idea of, oh, this is not something I'm supposed to be watching. Totally, totally, which I dig. And that is also why I watch all of them through the closet slits. Right, uh, right. While inside like a Blue closet. Velvet style. Right, that's a do. <laughs> Remember, that's how I watch David Lynch movies, yeah. too. I just, with no pants on, jerking off in a closet. <laughs> in a closet. And yes. that's exactly how I watch found footage, too. But I'm not jerking off. Instead, I'm just being very scared. Right, right. Well, which is, which is good. <laughs> just so. hiding in the closet, being very, very scared. <laughs> scared so so yeah that's what it means to me you want to dive in um i'm scared okay but we should do it can you hold my hand i will while we do it i will reach over the computers and we'll hold hands Uh, yeah let's do it your hand is so warm it is and a bit sweaty that's because it's been in my pants i love it we were about to talk we were talking b arthur i love it so much please just put your number five in me (laughs) i mean what (laughs) well i do have Hmm? some honorable mentions because this is a, a type of film that i have watched a lot of gotcha and i would be remiss if I didn't mention some that Please I do. do think are quality. Yes. It just didn't make the top five. Yes, go for it. Um, one is The Last Exorcism. Okay. I'm not sure if a lot of people have the seen... The Last Exorcism of Emily Rose? No, just The Last Exorcism. Okay. Uh, this is a found footage exorcism movie. <gasps> it's got that professor from Saved by the Bell. Damn right it's got the professor. It's Saved by the Bell, the college years. That's right, the really yep. handsome one. Yep, yep, yep. I... <laughs> it stars him, and for people who haven't seen it, it's basically a preacher who performs exorcisms who doesn't believe in the supernatural. So he's given up Mm. his faith. He's lost everything. And it's, he's filming a documentary because he makes his money doing these. Yeah. And it's the footage from this film where he goes and he actually encounters a real exorcism. Yeah. So it's extremely entertaining. Not the best movie ever, but it is extremely entertaining. It is entertaining. I will give it that. I've also seen it entertaining. So So, good. Yeah. I think that's one that people don't, know a lot about so i would encourage people to watch it just for the go experience. check it out yeah. it's entertaining uh the next one is vhs ah. not on my list i love the also anthology. kind of an anthology yeah i, was yep. about to say, an I anthology. love the anthology style of it you know anthology horror to me is really fun i think we should probably do a list on it at some point I but like so into you know that. tales of halloween and um vhs is one abcs of death yeah a uh, one and two sure uh vhs one two three, and now and that this cyber. season we're doing tv you can even bring in shows like twilight zone yeah every episode's different that, or black american mirror. horror story yeah black mirror uh fargo technically tales from the dark side new tales from the crypt that's right that's coming old out. tales that's from gonna, the crypt that's gonna be great 
Um, but anyway, so the the first VHS was such a well done anthology. I agree with that. And the framing device had found footage style. All the snippets were found footage, and you got to see a lot of directors do something fun with a short amount of time. Sure. Did um, you watch two? I watched VHS two, two and Cyber. Okay. Um, two. One is the best of all of them. I agree. Cyber is not worth watching. It's a pile of garbage. All right. I hate to wow. say it, but strong, it is a pile, strong feelings. It is a pile of not flaming, a recommend. Flaming garbage. Do not waste no. your time. Hard, hard, hard down arrow. Okay. A uh, down arrow that you could sit on. Like <laughs> you just, it, a down arrow that just takes you. It's just gross. Got it. Um, two is good in some aspects. There's one or two segments in it that are extremely well done. But for on the whole, movie's not that great. Not up to par with it, number one. I would say find the individual segments of it and watch some of those, but not the whole thing. Okay. Um, and enough. then the last one. It's actually a movie we've talked about before, okay. but it's The Sacrament. Yep. Which definitely is a found footage style film Vice style. It's like it's an episode of, of Vice that did not um, did not make it. I honestly am kind of anticipating, I'm going to make the call now, that it might be on your list. But Maybe. But it just, just slightly got edged out for me. Okay. So those are my honorable mentions. But I'm happy to dive into the top five. Let's if do you it. would like. Hey, I'm so in. All right. Um, found footage drum roll. I don't know what the difference is. <laughs> All right, starting off, this is Jay's list. Jay's list, starting with number number five. five. Uh, number five is 2007's Paranormal Activity. Or in Pelly, I believe is how you pronounce sure. it. Sure. Uh, he's got one of those names that's kind of like Kevin Feige. That you can pretty much say whatever you want. It could be Pelly. It could be Pelly. It could be Peely. His first name could be Orion. Yeah. Uh, so. Orn Pelly. Orn. Um, I liked this movie as basically a predecessor to, not predecessor, a uh, historical sequel almost to Blair Witch Project. You yeah. know, when that one came out at first, it was sort of groundbreaking. Sure. This one, to me, took that idea and changed it enough that it really felt like something new. Yeah, nowadays I, I totally agree with that. A shit ton of movies use that old like, oh, security cameras or placed cameras angle. And this one told a ghost haunting story with such a great framing device. Used extremely no-name actors and shot for like $15,000. Yeah, it was a complete shoestring budget. Uh, And so the fact that it was done on that shoestring budget, there were no big names in it. So it felt to me like the essence of found footage. It's not like, oh, like Christopher Walken made a guest appearance (laughs) in this In this random found footage. Which... I Honestly, just saw him on Letterman. Right. It, and that does happen with some of these. You'll see, you know, like big name comedians or people who will become famous later in these movies. Sure. Absolutely. Now, while Paranormal Activity, I think the the main actress in it did go on to do other things. There's still pretty much no names to this day. So it still feels a bit scarier. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, I say the first Paranormal Activity because... As they went on, they brought gay got progressively worse. Yeah, they just became okay. So the first one, while it told a very basic story, but it told it pretty well. Yeah, it was, and it had a legitimate reason for, um, you know, as, and not to steal your thunder, but it was no. couple uh, moving into a house together and experience some experiencing yeah. some strange goings on. So the husband or boyfriend i don't remember if they were and i think they're they're boyfriend and girlfriend at that point and he Um, decides to 
set up a camera. Well, he's a videographer. Right. Like he's a he he works in film. Right. And so he has all this equipment. So he sets up stationary cams throughout the house. And it makes sense. Yeah. It's like yeah, if there was weird shit going on in my house, I would do that. <laughs> right. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah, that totally makes sense. But for the for the later series, it became more and more of a stretch to justify why the characters were filming what was going on. Right. Um, I think at one point it even, be- so they went back to the eighties. Yeah. Um, and it was like the main, the girl from the first one as a child. It's it just, it, and it was weird. like, yeah, it was like, Oh, we just bought this brand new home movie camera and which we've never had before because and it's the eighties. Like cinema quality angle right <laughs> with this with this really sh- and if anybody i was around when these cameras existed they're garbage right like unless you had an actual like television studio grade camera yeah none of your home movies look good when we when we switch no. to vhs like maybe your old 16 millimeter and 8 millimeter looked they're, okay they're bearable for maybe five or ten minutes at a time which is why when you right. go to your aunt's house and they're like let's watch your sixth birthday party you're like no just give me the beef yeah jerky. i'm gonna go exactly because you try to watch it and it's like wow it's cool how in the 80s they managed to shoot hd yeah. 16 by 9 <laughs> anthropomorphic <laughs> widescreen video it's very odd it just doesn't doesn't make any fucking sense. Well, and it didn't make sense. And this is actually a huge problem I have with a lot of found footage is that everything is framed too well in the scene. It's too neat. Yeah. Because if when you watch it, you know, the, the main focus of the video, which will be, you know, a child's birthday party is always like way on the left side of the screen, like an episode of Mr. Robot or something. Right. And it's it's shaky and it's unbearable and makes you motion sickness. And for good reason, you don't want to make a 96 minute movie out of that style. Sure. But to tell me it's supposed to be that style and then be cinema quality right. is unacceptable. But, but also, uh, so you don't see the ghosts until usually, in any of this series, yeah. until usually they watch the footage back. So it's not right. like they're witnessing a ghost while they're recording it. So sometimes you're like, wow, you happen to train the camera on the exact spot where this <laughs> supernatural thing is taking place. Yeah. What are the odds of that? Do which, you know what I mean? Which, coming back to paranormal activity, is one thing I really liked about it. Because they were stationary cams, and he knew, he was a videographer, so he knew where to put them. Sure. Things, for best coverage. Yeah, things weren't framed exactly You're right. well. And that was one of the creepiest things about that movie. And honestly, how realistically slow burn it was. Absolutely. I remember vividly a scene watching it in the theater where they're sleeping. And it just like fast forwards for two hours and then it just sits there and it feels like you're watching nothing for three or four minutes until you notice the door on the far left of the screen is slowly turning in. Right. And you're like, oh shit, how long has that been happening? Like it doesn't draw your eye to it on purpose. Right. And then, you know, she gets up out of the bed and it gets all creepy and scary. And that's what was so great about it is that it felt non-purposeful. Right. And there was just these weird kind of background yeah. things that were happening. I remember watching it too. I think at one point there's a scene from the first one where they're filming it downstairs and there's like a kitchen and you've got like a shot through a dining room into a kitchen and there's a light that is like swinging. Yeah. But you don't even notice it at first. Like, and it, it's one of those where it'll cycle through like several yeah. camera positions and it cycles back and there's just a light like yeah. slightly moving or something slightly different. Right. And you're like, Oh fuck. Like, yeah. 
or a door is open. Yeah. All of a sudden, that wasn't open the last time you saw this. Now, let me for one second mention Paranormal Activity 2 because I think there is one thing they did in that one that is the best thing they've done in the entire series. Okay. And it was when he put the camera on a rotating fan. Yes, on the oscillating fan and it was going... That to me was the moment in the the second movie where I was like, this is an tolerable film. Totally. The rest was terrible. The acting was awful. The story didn't make sense. And even the third one, they get into fucking like witches or some yeah. shit. Oh yeah. But the fact that he had the camera on the oscillating fan head to and get the would, coverage, it would move out of the kitchen and into the living room and then move back into the kitchen. The entire time you're expecting something terrible to happen just and to be when, like in your face all of a sudden. And when it does, it is horrifying. Right. So that one aspect of the second movie was well done. Yes. I wish they had included that in the first one because it would have made it one of the scariest movies ever and put it higher on my list. Be because it, it does a good job at building that tension. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you really Because you do. Inherently, you're, you know you're watching a horror movie. Yep. You know something's coming. It has to. You're watch, you paid $8 right. to see Right. You're it. like, I know something's going to happen. But it's it's the way that the first movie, you're right. I applaud the way that they were able to kind of build yep. that dread, especially in those quiet moments mm-hmm. where nothing's really happening and your tension just keeps getting ratcheted higher yeah. and higher. And you're like, okay, if we're playing an odds game here, <laughs> something is going to be happening very soon. You know what I mean? And like, the fact that there's no background music in the first one. Absolutely. That made it scarier because it's not like, oh, the soundtrack's building. Build so right. I, I'm trained to know when something scary is going right. to happen. You weren't, and the, and you could never predict it, which was great. I agree. That was an aspect of the first one. And before I move on, the idea that they built it around sort of DIY technology. Sure. And they did it in a way that felt realistic. The special effects in it were extremely good. I agree. Because, I mean, in the second one, I remember when the oscillating fan comes back to the kitchen and there's someone standing in the sheet, and then they just disappear out of the sheet. It's extremely scary and unnerving because it feels so DIY. And the first one did that a lot. You know, a lot of the first one is just sounds happening off screen. Right. But when people would get pulled out of a room or doors would slam, it, it was creepy because it felt so homemade. And I thought for those reasons and for the discussion we've had, solid number five on my list. I dig it. I very much support it. Good start to the list. Awesome. The next one, uh, my number four, is one that jumps genre. And that's why it's number four and not number five on my list. is because it is a, a movie that proves you can do found footage outside of horror if you do it well. And that's End of Watch by David Ayers. Awesome. I've actually so, never seen that movie. I highly recommend it. Now, David Ayers is hit or miss. Sure. You know, it, it, Fury is okay, but it's nothing spectacular. Suicide Squad. Um, Suicide Squad is nothing spectacular. End of sentence. All <laughs> right. That's it. But some of his earlier work is very good. He has an eye for good action, for good storytelling, and he does know what he's doing. Okay. End of Watch is one. Do you know the premise of that one? Uh, I know it's Jake Gyllenhaal. Right. Michael Pena. Right. And they're cops. They are LAPD cops okay. um, in not very good neighborhoods of Los Angeles. Okay. Uh, the so kind of in the slums. Yeah. And the, the premise of how it's found footage is that Jake Gyllenhaal is basically taking a uh, video class. And okay. his assignment 
is to capture like real life. So the whole thing is told from dash cams in the police, the police department dash cams. Okay. And the chest cams, the body camera, the body cams, and then him like holding a, a camera, moving it around. And it really does sort of just follow these two cops on missions. And what's so great about it is that it doesn't tell an extremely linear and easy to follow story. Okay. It is edited and shot in a way where it just it's sort of like an episode of Cops but way more pretty and right. more entertaining because they'll go through five or six missions in a day and then they'll come home and it'll be, you know, him meeting a girl at a bar and all that sort of stuff. But one of those missions might be extremely important to the plot that's going to happen in the movie, okay. but you won't know it until later. Okay, interesting. Yeah. And then it also takes found footage from the opposite side on the gang level to show the two linear stories that are going on at the same time that then merge near the end. Interesting. So, and none of it, you know none of it until you get to the end and realize what's happening. And you'll even see the characters on the LAPD side show up in the gang footage just kind of in the peripheral. Interesting. And then you'll see the gang, like the LAPD cracking down a party that's going on that just happens to have those gang members there. And you're like, oh, those are the same footage. Interesting. Okay. That's cool. I like that. Very, very interesting. The concept is extremely good. Obviously, Gyllenhaal and Payne. Sounds like a very high concept. It is. But one of the things most important to me about it is it shows a lot of the lives. So Michael Pena has a very big family. Him and his wife have like five kids. And so they talk about that in the car a lot. Jake Gyllenhaal is single until about halfway through the movie when he meets Anna Kendrick. And then, you know, Oh, Anna Kendrick's in it. Yep. Gotcha. And I know you're a big Anna Kendrick fan too. I am. I'm I'm a, I'm a Kendrick. Kendrickian. Kendrickian. Let's do that. I like that. That's the thing. We're, Hashtag Kendrickian. You heard it here on High Five Podcast. I am a Kendrickian. And so she gets into the movie about, you know, 30 minutes, halfway through, and starts dating Jake Gyllenhaal. They end up getting married, et cetera, et cetera. And it follows these cops basically through like six to nine months of their career. Of their career. And lives. And lives. And then the, uh, and without spoilers, because I won't spoil it for you or for anyone listening, the end is such a gut punch of an end that it's one that just chokes me up no matter like how many times I've seen it. Okay. It is an ending that sticks with you because of how just honest and brutal and heartfelt that it is. Interesting. And it really does a good job of one showing, you know, how honorable police officers can be sure how corrupt police officers can be or how corrupt the system is that puts police officers in a position to do things they don't want to do okay and it really sort of explores all of those avenues sort of like training day but with found footage i mean you've definitely sold me on it it sounds awesome i am a big fan of it and it because it is genre bending and uses found footage not in the horror genre. Sure. There's literally nothing scary about it except for some of the realistic circumstances. Sure. That can be tense, I'm yes. sure. Very tense. The most of the movie is tense, even though it feels like it shouldn't be. Right. And um and so for that reason, it's number four on my list. It it skirts out paranormal activity a little bit. I like just it. Just because it's unique enough, in my opinion, to sort of stand alone. I'm definitely gonna check it out. So, so yeah, good. I like I like I like the sound of it. Well, awesome. <laughs> yes. So correct. Moving from that, 
uh, to one that is so different that it's hard to conceive. Um, my number three is Cannibal Holocaust from 1980. I also have not seen that movie. I don't re- really recommend it. Yeah, I was going to say, for <laughs> me, okay, you know me. Mm-hmm. While I like horror, I'm not a big gore fan. Yes. And I, from what I understand, Cannibal Holocaust, while I I know what the movie is, I know the premise of the movie, mm-hmm. I know the history behind the movie from a, cinema, a cinephile perse- perspective. Well, I can't fucking talk. Which yeah. is a bad thing for a podcast. <laughs> um but I haven't seen it because from what I understand, it is basically just shock. Like, they just want to shock you. Now, what I'll say is the whole movie isn't that. So it's not like a hostile situation okay. where you, there's like a 20-minute premise and then it's an hour of just brutality and terribleness. Right. There is a framing device to it, which is interesting in its conception. The whole movie isn't found footage. Okay. Let me put that out there. And some people may say that should disqualify it, but, you know, fuck you. Um, (laughs) It's our show. Because what it is, is basically this movie is considered the granddaddy of found footage. And I do know that as well. It was one of the first movies to truly have a majority of the film be considered or be shot in that way. Um, The premise basically is that there was an expedition to, I think, Africa or South America. I really can't remember. And... They have brought back this footage and are showing it to professors at the college who sponsored the found foot or the found sponsored the expedition. And they're making it into a movie. So they're showing it to producers at films or at a, at a movie studio to see whether or not it should be a movie. <clears throat> and they can't justify it because of the terrible nature of the film. So there's like people that disappeared people that go looking for those people that disappeared and are filming that expedition and then everything that happens to them. And then the framing device is you're with the people that are watching all this stuff happen as the story unfolds. Interesting. So it is basically the granddaddy of found footage. I know you could make the argument there were some before 1980, but nothing to the caliber that Cannibal Holocaust did to the point where people legitimately thought it was real. It has been labeled the most controversial film of all time, half because of just the pure violence in the film. It is extremely violent. It is very masochistic. It is sadistic. It is gross. It is uh, It's hard to watch. Let me just put it that way. It is a tough film to watch. And a lot of the time, they use actual aborigines and natives from the areas they were filming about in the movie and did not tell them what they were doing. Interesting. So the people in the film don't know what they're acting out. And then they go back and film other scenes later, put it together into this big thing. And it was extremely controversial so much so that when it was released, this isn't just one person, multiple people sued the director. It was Ruggiero Diodato sued him because they were convinced he released a snuff film into popular media. He got sued multiple times and taken to court multiple times and he had to prove in a court of law that he legitimately did not kill a human being to make Cannibal Holocaust. Interesting. Defend yourself. Yeah, exactly. So for all of those reasons, that's why it's high on my list. This is a movie I've seen maybe twice in my life and on, have no intention of ever watching again. 
It is. So not, it's definitely one of those like one and done. Yes. It's kind of see it to believe it. Watch it if you're a cinephile and you want to appreciate the hist- history of different art forms and different film styles. And then beyond that. And then just be done with it. <laughs> okay. Because it is brutal. It is hard to watch. Um, it is one that the special effects, again, way beyond 1980 for the DIY style that they had. Because it is extremely violent and doesn't... F- <clears throat> it feels like you actually are watching people die. Like, I understand why people sued him. Because it feels that way. and But because of its weight in history, when I'm doing a best of found footage, it's, it's got to it's be, be high on the list. It's not enjoyable in the slightest, but it is monumental in its conception and its, and its execution. So it has to be here. I like it. I like it very much. I'm into it. So uh, that's my five, four, three. I've rattled a lot, but uh, I'll recap them in case people Please have do. forgotten Jay's or, list. or died. Um, number five, Paranormal Activity. Number four, End of Watch. And number three, Cannibal Holocaust. I'm into it. I dig it very much. So now that I've taken up most of this episode, <clears throat> what are your five, four, threes? All right. So just like you, I'm going to start off with some honorable mentions, which I have on this list. Great. Hey, you don't have honorable mentions all the time. I know. I love it. But it's all, I think it's because mainly I'm also a big fan of this genre. So there's quite a few movies that I dig that I think other people should check out. Right. But I don't know that they necessarily qualify to be like my top they don't five make, They don't faves. make the list. Um, so one I'm going to start out with. Uh, on concept alone, I, I really, really dig it. And I don't know if you've seen it or not. It's called the N- WNUF Halloween Special. No, I have not seen this. What okay. is this? I have this, so I can definitely loan you a copy. I will, I will definitely watch it. Um, so basically, it is a. Uh, it came out in 2013 and is a comedy horror film. And what it is, the concept behind this, is that uh, this movie was a television recording of television channel WNUF's Halloween special that aired on October 31st, 1987. Okay. So it's the the framing device is that it was a television show that aired live and then all whatever happens in the movie happened on Correct. camera. Correct. Nice. But Correct. it's completely fake and made up. But it's completely fake and made up. I love this concept. So here's here's what made it super interesting. So uh it's like small town USA. Um news channel and they're running a a halloween special with a local uh, investigator who's kind of like the robert stack unsolved mysteries kind of guy <laughs> I love, I love but it. but their local version of this. tonight you right to help solve a halloween right and so this is frank stewart is his name okay and so is basically related to french stewart he is not damn it I'm uh out. it's I'm his out. uncle so okay. back in i thought you said he wasn't related but then you were out so i wanted to bring you back in okay so cool. it's his uncle honestly i twice have a, removed i have a rule about movies Everything I watch has to in some way be related to French Stewart. And if it doesn't, you're out. Just, I'm out. I pretty much only watch Inspector Gadget 2 and Third Rock from the Sun. I love it. So basically, uh, what they do is Frank Stewart, they're the local you know, investigative reporter, is going to broadcast live from this place called the Weber House, which is the site of a brutal murder of a husband and wife. Um, and he's going to paranormally investigate the house. I like it. And so... You get this awesome, like you said, awesome framing device because the whole thing is filmed as if it were on VHS. So it's a bad VHS dub. So it's sort of like a funny version of, was that Session 13 or Session yeah. 19 or what would they go to the haunted session? Prison? Yeah, Session 9. Session 9, that's right. it. Um, Is there a teen in there? I thought there was yes, a teen in kinda. there. Yes, kind of. No, it was just Session 9. Uh, okay. Um, 
I wish there was 19 of them, though, because that movie's so damn good. <laughs> that movie is good. Um, Honorable mention. For sure. yeah. So, basically, yeah. So, the concept is this. And it's not really that funny. Like, it's it's put into the comedy horror genre because they're... I think the the concept is more funny because they right. have, like, really cheesy... Because they include commercials, like, in between. <laughs> so, it is like somebody just straight recorded this off of television. So, you get these local shitty commercials that are really funny. I like that. For, like, a lo- local dentist office. You have, like other people around the community like dressed up as a vampire he's like come on down for your taxes you know we won't bleed you dry you know it's like like, i like that a lot it's really funny um and things just kind of start to go downhill as they're investigating and um without spoiling things just progressively get more odd uh and then everything just kind of goes to shit in the last few minutes of the nice. movie and you have these awesome moments where they're like you know uh they take you out and they're like we are currently experiencing technical difficulties and shit like that it gets really tense and like funny that. um and but what made it even further as being you know a really cool idea is so originally this movie was circulated on three a 300 copies of vhs tapes and circulated at comic cons only oh nice so they were just distributed as an actual halloween special that somebody had recorded nice and it kind of had this like grassroots marketing i love where people didn't know like is this like what town was this from like is this legit and so it kind of created this buzz about the movie and eventually it got a dvd release it's almost like the the youtube recording of jamie kennedy's new year's eve yeah from a couple of years yes. ago on that small la studio that just went to shit super fast yeah and that people started distributing it distributing it on youtube but that wasn't on purpose exactly and so that is what is really interesting about this movie so i have a copy of it i will i'd be I more than happy that. to share it with I will you borrow that the, i'll borrow the hell out of but that. everybody check it out it's called the wnuf halloween special i'm watching that i it's, love that. it's way awesome um, so that's, that's that might've been on my list. Had I seen it? Um, here's the thing. I love it for the concept. The movie <laughs> is not, so not great. that great. The okay. acting is a little all over the place. Sometimes it feels like actors trying to act natural. Oh, okay. So you know it's not I mean? bad in the way that it feels authentic. It's bad in the way that they're over trying to make it feel authentic. Right. Okay. So there's certain things where they go a little too far and you're kind of like, Okay, maybe that wasn't. But as far as an a the concept, it's brilliant. Okay. Like if you and I could redo something like this, which we might stay tuned. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, I could definitely know how to fix it. That's, <laughs> okay. all I'm, that's all I'm saying. I'm making a note right now and we're going to do it. I'm a really good armchair director. <laughs> like amazing. Um, all right. So that's definitely one. Uh, and then another one that I want to put on there is uh, uh, unfriended. You know what? I watched that on your recommendation. Not extreme, bad. Extremely tolerable. Not bad. And what's crazy is it's. It, I think it was marketed as and looks like a shitty teen slasher film. Yeah. Like, that's what I thought it was going to be. And to be perfectly honest, I watched it one night simply because I was like, I just want a good or not even a good. Yeah. I just want a horror movie to watch. Yeah. I don't really care what it is. I'm going to watch this. And OK, let me interject just a second. Okay. Because. It actually is just a shitty teen slasher movie. Yes. What's really impressive about it was their dedication to the frame. Yes. The Which dedica- was 
that everything was it was found footage, but everything was recorded via their computers' webcams. So everything. I got. I got to interrupt you. Not their webcams. You're just watching a laptop screen. Oh, because that's right. They yes. pop up with like yes, IM right. messages. They you're check right. emails. Right. Right. Then they have Skype. Yeah, I just meant the people are <clears throat> yes. viewed via yes. webcam. But you're right. The entire movie is the screen of the laptop. Yes. So you get. You're right. You do get the IM messages. You get the Spotify playlist yep. that like pop up and they're like picking music to listen yeah. to. So it is a very interesting concept it's like screen sharing yes it's like it very much it's like is. if you just watched somebody screen share for an hour and a half but really fucked up shit happened to them right while this was going on well and the thing about it and one of the reasons i'm glad you mentioned this movie because a lot not a lot of people know about it yeah but it was very similar to some other films that tried to do that open like, windows Open, open windows. There was one called like friend request. Okay. Um, in, uh, I think it was like in the last year or two. Um, one of the paranormal activities tried to do this yep. as well. But the problem with all of those is they sort of had to bastardize the applications. Right. So it wasn't like Facebook. It was like friend book and Skype was like skip or something right. like that. Unfriended used and licensed all the actual applications yeah. so it legitimately felt as real as it could have felt. Yeah, exactly. And but it is, and you are absolutely right, it is definitely a shitty teen horror slasher yeah. film. Like fucked up shit is happening to teens. Yep. That for weird non justifiable reasons. No, but it's more so the concept yeah. and the execution of that concept yes. that earns it that honorable mention where it, it elevates it because if, it's like, wow, that was actually really well done. If that story had just been filmed, it would have been a straight to Netflix it release. It would have been garbage. Been, we would not be yet. talking about it right now. I watched the entire movie and was impressed by it legitimately because of how dedicated they were to their framing device. I 100% and agree. And about like an hour and 15 minutes in, I'm like, they're still doing this. This is awesome. Exactly. Like, that was what got me interested. Right. So, uh, so that, those are my two honorable I, I mentions. I love those two. I'm glad you mentioned those. One, I didn't know about and will be watching. Two, I didn't mention, but people should know about. So. I absolutely agree. All right, so moving on to the list. To the actual ones. Let's do it. Da 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 da. Da 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 da. So, uh, at my number five. Da 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 da. Q's number five. Uh, we're gonna start off with Creep. Nice. Okay. Have you seen this? Uh, Duplass. Yes. Yes. Okay. So basically, I really like this one. This would qualify well since it is a found footage. I almost think it would kind of qualify when we were talking mumblecore movies. About that, uh, what is it? Horror core? Or yeah, something uh, like that. Um, uh, Murder core? I forget not, what it's called. It's something. Um, Horror porn? <laughs> no. Porn core? Uh, no, porn core is a completely different thing. Um, Mumble core? Mumble, Mumble gore. Mumble gore. That's it. Yeah. Because it feels very improvised. Yes. Everything feels, hence the found footage. And the only reason I didn't mention it is because I do classify it as mumblecore. Okay. And mainly, I think a lot of that is just because Mark Duplass is in it. But to be fair, the it whole is. thing is found footage. It is. The whole thing is is footage being recorded yeah. by one of the main characters. So and it's valid concept, that it's here. I just didn't even think about it. But I really like Mark Duplass in this movie yes. because for once, he's not playing the, the affable kind of like everyman. Yeah. Um, he actually is the bad guy in this movie. And he is scary and unhinged and intimidating. You know what I mean? Mark Duplass does not get enough credit for what he does 
behind the director's chair, he is amazing. I mean, if you go back and watch his early movies, we talked about it in our Mumblecore episode, how Absolutely. big of a fan I am. I know that you really like The League, which 100%. is hysterical and multi-camera, or a single-camera comedy. Yep. And then this one, he is scary as all get out. He is scary. And so the concept of this one is a guy posts an ad, a Craigslist ad, looking for a videographer to film him. Yeah. Just kind of follow him around. Right. And so... Which I did once, and it turned out really weird, mainly because they quit when they just realized I masturbate eight hours a day. <laughs> they're like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I was like, you keep filming. I'm paying you... This is all about voyeurism. I'm paying you $40. He's like, $40 a day. I'm like, no, $40 total. He's Look, like, that's not enough hey, for three weeks. I said I was sorry <laughs> for not completing the film. Okay? There's no need to call me out on the air. We can talk about this later. All right. You know what? It wasn't I, enough. Our therapist has told us to be honest with each other. I understand, but there's people listening to this. Listen, right now. I don't care. It right? paints me in a bad. No, picture. do you understand? This hurts me. I know that you. I felt abandoned. <laughs> I felt abandoned so much that I had to masturbate for three days by myself. I'm, I'm really sorry. My love language is acceptance. Well, my love language is human contact, and just watching you was not good for me. <laughs> so there. All right. So all right. So, uh, so getting back into this, uh, it was a good uh, talk. Good talk, yeah. though. Um, so yeah. So basically, the guy posts a cryptic Craigslist ad looking for a videographer to film him, and through, you know, I don't want to spoil this for people who haven't seen it because it does have yes, a very do not spoil it. So originally, you'll find this interesting, and those of you who have seen this movie will also find this interesting. Those who haven't will understand it later after you watch it. Uh, the, originally, the movie was titled Peach Fuzz. Right. Which is awesome. Right, yeah. Um, but they chose, they chose to rename it um, because they thought that... Because of his wolf mask? Well, they, <laughs> they didn't want viewers trying to spend the first half hour trying to figure out why the movie was called Peach Fuzz. Right. Because they felt like it would take away if people are like, I don't get it. Why That's the fuck a is smart this called choice, Peach Fuzz? That's a smart choice. Yeah. And I agree. So the relevance comes in about halfway through the movie. You will understand. Yeah. It's very interesting. Now, what I will put out there is for people who go looking for this, there are two movies called yes. Creep. They came out relatively close, close to together. each other. Like yes. within three or four years. One of them stars Mark Duplass and is what we're talking about. Right. The other one is also, also a good movie. Horrifying and deserves a watch, but it's a UK movie, not found footage about subway a woman creatures. who gets a lot like trapped in a subway with legitimate monsters. Right. Watch both of them, but you're talking about the Duplass. One. Correct. Correct. Um so this movie for me, it was just a really interesting, once again, kind of a slow burn mm -hmm. um, because you're just kind of watching this interaction between these two guys. And pretty much the entire movie is just, yeah, is just Mark Duplass and uh, uh, what's his name here? Bryce. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard? Nope. Uh, Patrick Bryce, mm -hmm. who also wrote the movie yeah. with Mark Duplass. Right. Um, and it's just them talking for a lot of it. Basically, and it's just them. off camera voice, Mark Duplass on camera. Yeah. It's, it's basically just, um, and their friendship like kind of deepens. And then you, Mark Duplass gets very uncomfortable with some of, or begins to just, uh, display very uncomfortable behavior unnerving, towards unnerving attitudes, right? Towards, uh, the videographer, um, things get very tense and then kind of back off. There's a weird, like, kind of bromantic yeah. interlude that's kind of suggested at. It just gets very 
odd and uncomfortable, which is why I'm glad that they titled it Creep, because that genuinely is kind of how yeah. Mark Duplass feels. He just feels like a creep. Like, yeah. he's just a very uncomfortable, yet very intentional and kind of calculating, but yeah. also, like, charming and for anyone character. Listen, it's for anyone odd. listening, it's hard to describe this movie because it sounds incredibly boring it does. when you talk about it, but, but it's, it's not. not. It really isn't. And, it's and uh, you know, we've talked about in the found footage stuff, we've talked about tension. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of tension in this movie, um, not just sexual tension. Yeah. But there's a lot of tension, um, a lot of long shots where you're kind of waiting for things to happen and you right. don't quite know where the things are going to happen. And to be fair, watch the movie all the way through because – not a lot really happens until the last, I don't even, it's probably less than the yeah. last third of the movie. Well, and what's so smart about that movie to me is that I can't believe it took so long for someone to pull a mumblecore icon and put them in a found footage movie because Mark Duplass and, you know, Bukowski and the people who are good at mumblecore yeah. have an inherent ability to be realistic. Absolutely. And that plays extremely well for found footage. So the fact that they don't merge more often is a little weird. I totally agree. So this one uh, is really good. Um, but so I don't know if you, if you, well, I know you'll be interested in this cause I'll give you some little facts. Um, so basically uh, the film each, each scene has a level of improvisation to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as the result in had the film had multiple alternate ending scenarios and that there were at least 10 to 12 permutations of each scene. I believe it. I very much. So literally it. they would play each scene differently 10 to 12 times to cut this movie together. So you could potentially have two to three versions of this movie. Oh, you got more than that floating out there. Well, I would say with the ending. Statistically, you could have yes, one. <laughs> you're correct. Numbers, science. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, Creep. That's that's why it earns my number five. And I really don't want to tell anybody anymore because I will be doing you a disservice. Yes. You Just need go to go into it. this movie. Just go watch it. So, check it out. Number five, Creep. Moving on to my number four. My number four is one that you mentioned earlier, The Sacrament. I knew it was going to be on your list. Yes. Yes. It's so good. It is so good, man. And I love Ty West as a director. Mm -hmm. I think he's fantastic. I think he's really good at um, kind of, I don't even want to say moving genres. Because so up to this point, he's kind of, his wheelhouse has been the horror genre. And I put that in air quotes when I'm saying that. Um, But he... Each of his movies feels completely independent of the other. It like really it does. doesn't feel like I mean he went from House of the Devil to Innkeepers to the Innkeepers to this to the Sacrament. Yeah. He even did uh, Cabin Fever Two, yeah, was somehow. like his first movie, which was a garbage yeah, movie. Oh my goodness, he did a he did a segment in VHS though. He absolutely um, did. and was an actor in um, You're Next. Yep, you are correct. <laughs> like, but. So, as a director, great. I'm a big Ty West fan. Uh, But this movie, as you mentioned, very cool framing device. Mm -hmm. For any of our audience members who've listened to or watched any of the Vice segments, they have a very distinct filmmaking style that is very Vice. Uh, So much so that Documentary Now, that spoof 
show. Have you oh, seen that? Oh, so good. They did a whole Vice segment yeah. where uh, they go down to Mexico to like get an interview with I mean, a drug lord. And it's a specific lord. style. And if you can spoof it well, you can do some really cool things, but make it, I mean, not even call it that, but everyone will know. Sure. Now, in this movie, they call it a Vice segment that right. just never aired. But I think one of the things I love about it, and I'll let you talk since it's sure, on yeah. your list, I love that they basically just retold the Jim Jones cult story. And that's what I was going to say. That's exactly what it is. Uh, to be honest, when I first saw the movie, I was like, okay, well, I, did, I, was, I kept waiting for like some sort of weird supernatural thing to happen. I, let me tell you, audience, don't waste your time expecting that. I did that, and to be honest, it took away a little bit from the movie for me because yeah. I kept waiting for something to happen. Go into it knowing that you, what you're about to watch is the inside of a cult. Right. And, and the only that's thing, what's horrifying. The only thing supernatural about it is the supernatural ability for one person to manipulate huge yes. crowds of people. Almost like the election last year, but not quite as scary. Exactly. You're 100% correct. But it, as, as you just proved, it happens. Yeah. It's that real world horror. And man... Do you know the actor's name who plays the Jim Jones character? He is so good. Like, I would put him up there with, uh, man, I can't even think of the name, but that um, the Kevin Smith movie that's about a cult. Let's see here. Oh, uh, Red, Red State. State. The actor in that movie and the actor in this movie are both so good as, as the charismatic, charismatic cult leaders and the speeches they give, they don't come off as threatening, but there's always something threatening about them. It's more like Christoph Waltz at the beginning of Inglorious Bastards. So the uh the actor who played uh father uh-huh. uh is Gene Jones. Okay. Sure. Oh not very, Jim Jones. Very close. Gene Jones. Uh but he did. He played father. And uh but it has some some Mumblecore regulars that we know. Speaking of Mumblecore, Joe Swanberg. Michael Parks that's the guy from Red State I was trying to okay, think Okay, yes. Michael like, Parks was, is amazing. He is also in Tusk and yes. is good in that not great movie. Not great he is movie. great in there. Yeah. But yes, him in Red State and Gene Jones as Jim Jones from Sacrament, incredible. Amazing. Uh, but it has Joe Swanberg, A.J. Bowen. Those are all mumblecore peoples who have run in circles with the Plass. Uh But anyway, so back back to the Sacrament. So, Which, uh, uh, funny connection, Joe Swanberg directed uh your next that's which right also starred ty west that's they right sort of like crossed it over all, a little bit and they do that it's it's a real like us universe yeah. kind they, of they like, swapped spot a, swapped spit a little bit they did uh so basically yeah the movie is this it's a found footage film some jur- vice journalists go in to film a report about mm. um a cult that's happening uh one of i believe one of the reporter's sister is a member of the cult right um, and so he, it's kind of like a double mission. He's going yeah. there to film it for Vice, but he's also trying to kind of find out what's I think it's going. The lead on. actress is her sister. Yes, is so, going on yeah. with the sister, right? Um, and they just basically slowly kind of see exactly like the Heaven's Gate, you mm-hmm. know, kind of stuff. They see, um, they see what appears on the outside to be this really awesome utopian yeah. society that people are just kind of working together and there's a lot of love and which um, was brilliant by the way. Cause this is another movie like creep where things don't go to shit until the last 10 right. or 15 exactly. minutes. So the fact that you know, it's a horror movie and everything seems so utopic for 45 minutes of it 
is tense in itself, and Ty was so smart to right. do that. And I misspoke. I said Heaven's Gate. I meant Jonestown. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Heaven's Gate, also another cult, but right, a little but different. They were the aliens. And, right, but this wasn't Jim right, Jones. Right. Um, so basically, yeah. And, and to be honest, that's what made this such an interesting and tense and scary feeling film is because it was filmed in a vice style you felt like you were watching a documentary Mm -hmm. and i will say this the only drawback for me and the reason it placed number four on my list and not higher is because it did have some recognizable actors like the one that i the ones that i just listed off for me they're recognizable now i know to the mainstream audiences unless you've seen your next right and unless you're a mumblecore fan which tends to be kind of a niche thing like you're you're either a mumblecore fan or you don't know what mumblecore is um, then you probably wouldn't recognize these. You either actors. like Joe Swanberg or you've never heard of him. Exactly. Or you think he's Colin Hanks. Exactly. <laughs> Which is also very valid. Right. Um, but for me, that was kind of the only thing that yeah. was, and unfortunately, even though they're great actors, that was a ding for me because yeah. I do enjoy it more when it's found footage of people that I don't recognize. I'll agree with you. That's it was an honorable mention for me for two reasons. One, because it pulled me out of it because I knew so many of the people. And two, and I hate to say this because I do not have anything against a slow burn movie, but this was so slow burn that it couldn't compete with the other five on my list. Agreed. That's why it was an honorable mention because it feels so real and it takes so long to get to basically what the tension is building to that it just... It wasn't quite the caliber of everything else. I totally, I, I'm with you on that. So once again, I mean, there's not really a lot much more to tell about this. It's vice story. Actors go in. I mean, uh, film crew goes in to shoot this documentary, mm-hmm. save a sister, idyllic seeming community. They suddenly start to realize has a very seedy underbelly. Everybody's kind of being manipulated by this mm-hmm. father character. If you know the Jim Jones story in you the Jonestown, you know this movie. Yeah. You know what's going to happen. It's like watching Titanic and then being surprised by the boat sinking. It's kind of like right. you kind of knew that was going to happen. And even though I found myself like at the end being like, no, 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 no. Like in no. Titanic? Yes. <laughs> like, no, no, no. Like, no, no. You can save the boat. Steer left. Steer left. You know, you can do this. And you don't then, have to, you don't have enough lifeboats. Right. No, no. That door is big enough for both of you. Don't draw her that way. Right. No, her left boob is much larger than the right boob. Um, but, but yes, so basically that's, that's the gist, but the sacrament. Yeah. Very good movie. Now, what I will say about this, and I think it was so smart to film it in a vice style is because with Vice, they are great about framing and cinematography. So you can film that movie in a cinematic way and not be pulled out of it because Vice is so good. I agree with that. Absolutely. Which is which was great. So I, I love that choice. So that's my number four. Love it. Uh, so moving on to my number three. Here we go. This is where things might get divisive. <laughs> Thank you for that, that tongue roll. Uh, Chronicle. Okay, I sure. You know what? No, no. You're gonna say no. I I love Michael B. Jordan. Okay. I love Dahan. Yeah. And I actually like the directing team behind it. Okay. It's it's not good. It is it is a really good movie. It's not though. It is. I mean, you talk about it fine, but it's not. It is a. It's not. It is a great movie. Tell me why. Okay. Convince. I will absolutely do so. Um. It is basically 
the first time that I've ever seen what constitutes a real world outside of, I would say, Unbreakable is probably the closest that anything's ever come. It's a real world superhero, supervillain origin story. I don't know, man. Doctor Strange. <laughs> okay, sorry. I couldn't even get through this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's be honest. I'll grant you that. Okay. On premise, I'm not done. I There's like more. the premise. There's more. Keep going. Um, You're wrong. I'm, but I'm not, though. Keep I don't going. know. To be fair, a lot of people agree with me. This movie is actually fairly popular. To be fair, a lot of people are wrong. Okay. A lot of people. So, uh, it's got a, it's got an 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, it's all right. Special effects are great. Actors in it are, are cool. No, I, there's so many plot holes. Okay, but keep going. There, like what? Get Name one. That I, is a legitimate plot hole. I do not buy DeHaan's descent into madness he was already mad when it started uh he's an abused kid hearsay hearsay he's an abused kid okay so you're gonna next thing you're gonna be like i don't buy that magneto became a fucking super villain what because he saw his parents no i totally i totally but again is your list so you can have it that's what i'm saying but i i watched it and it was just kind of like oh man sure cool yeah. But that was it. Like no. that was it. No, it was it, because that is exactly what a a kid who was tormented and bullied would do if they got these powers suddenly. Because he didn't start off just dominating the world. It's true. He slowly started to do small things, very aggressive and passive aggressive things. Um, you know, he was messing with kids. He you know, would they they as a group would fuck with people. Those are my favorite parts of the movie, by the way. I will I will give this positive sentiment that my favorite part of the movie is like the first two thirds when they're just sort of learning their powers and fucking with people. That to me, I really enjoy. And to be fair, he didn't go full villain until the end. And I think, and the main reason he did was because everything kind of went to shit. I. Like, it's not like he suddenly was just like, I'm going to take over the world. Like, he right. was trying to get money together to help his mother who was right. sick. It went wrong and got botched. His friend died. Like, it, there was a lot of extenuating circumstances. I think for me... But hold on. Let me... First off, I realized that I didn't even, like, give the plot yeah, of this go, movie. Go so nobody yeah. knows what we're talking about. Yeah, sure. So basically, here's the, here's the plot. Chronicle. Uh, 2012 American science fiction action movie. Uh, Josh Trank, Max Landis... Uh, wrote and directed. Um, so basically, uh, the gist is this. Uh, high school students, uh, including a super popular kind of like prom king type, um, a somewhat intellectual but still also popular type, and then this kind of bullied, um, downtrodden kid who is also in their, in their friend group, um, find what's never really explained to be what it is. Some sort of sinkhole that inside of the sinkhole has this magic rock thing that bestows powers upon them. That's right. basically about the explanation that it's you get. It's basically the new Power Rangers movie. Right. Yeah, it is that. <laughs> it is that for sure. Well, Power footage. Rangers is Chronicle. Is this, yeah. So basically, uh, they kind of go, They it causes them nosebleeds, they pass out, they wake up, and they start developing these kind of telekinetic right. powers slowly. And so it's them realizing that they can move things with their mind, that they can kind of fly. It's really all telekinesis, to be honest. Like they're not mind reading or anything crazy like no, that. No, because they even it's just various forms of they telekinesis. even establish that they can. They're making themselves fly by. They're holding themselves, themselves up, yes. right? So, um, 
so that's basically it. And it's just kind of, it follows them for a little while on like, what would you do if you suddenly had this ability? Well, it took a very real world approach. You're not going to go super altruistic, like immediately. You're going to be like, I can fucking do crazy, weird, stupid shit. Like I'm going to fucking fuck with people at a restaurant and I'm going to, you know, move, move salt and pepper shakers or I'm going to unscrew lids of shit. So when they try to dump salt on their food it empties or i'm gonna go to a store and chase a kid around with a bear you know what <laughs> yeah. i mean like just really passive i'm gonna sit in a parking lot and move someone's car from where they parked it like i'm just gonna pick <laughs> the car up and move it so that when yeah. they come back they're like what the fuck and then i'm gonna rip the bully's teeth out of their face at school yeah that happened too <laughs> that was that was pretty cool so um so that's kind of what happens and then you watch as um you know tragedy strikes um and you basically watch one of the friends become i guess what would be like a super villain right. in a comic book setting and the other one kind of become the superhero right. like a reluctant superhero um and then it ends with this amazing kind of like legit battle in a cityscape between these two like real people and that's what i found most interesting is it wasn't like two dudes flying around in suits like it was these friends and like the battle became interesting there's a part where one of the friends who's trying to stop the bad one is begging his friend to stop because he doesn't want to hurt him right and i found that to be real you know what i mean like it was like please like he's crying at one point and he's like please just stop like i don't you're going to make me hurt you and i really don't want to And it's watching these two friends kind of like battle each other. I thought it was totally legit. Like I, I really bought it, but to be fair, I have watched this with other people who share your opinion. I think this is kind of one of those things where you're either on board with it and you can give it that suspension of disbelief and you can go, okay, like I'm not watching Academy award winning performances. You're watching a version of a superhero. Right. Right. If is, if you can go into it going, I'm going to give this the same merit that I give a doctor strange or any right. other superhero film that I'm going to watch. You will genuinely enjoy it. See, and you said, I actually agree with, with almost everything that you said where I disagree with. And my problem with the movie is what you said was the amazing climax. Okay. Honestly, the last, the final act of that movie is what pulls me out of it for some reason is and granted, I'm not going to say that every movie has to have the best special effects ever, but they were limited by their budget. Totally. I could fe- you could feel that they were limited by their budget. And even though it's handheld cameras, even though right. it's you know supposed to be found footage or is found footage, let me, put, let me say that, I was pulled out of it because it felt like they went bigger than they were capable of doing. I agree. No, I will agree with that. It, does, it didn't drop the movie yeah. for me. It pulled me out of it. And so what much. I said, what I meant was amazing was not the action. What I meant was amazing was the character insights that they came at this battle from. Right. Instead of just being this mindless city destroying battle, there was actual emotion yes. and heart in it. So if they, I would have actually been much more satisfied with a much smaller scale. Yes. Battle between these two friends. Yes. I would have much more been on board with that. And that to me is what 
And I'll tell you a little bit about myself in this review or this critique of it because my favorite aspects of that movie are the humanistic elements. Like the actual friendships feel like real friendships. The problems that they're dealing with feel like human real emotions. And like you said, the end was legitimately like watching two people who are friends who are forced to be at odds with each other having to deal with it. I loved all of that about it. Sure. One of the things about films for me is that I can easily watch a great movie and I can easily watch a bad movie, but a movie that's so close to being good and like in my opinion and isn't makes me more angry or a movie that should be great and isn't makes me angrier at it than if I just watched a genuinely bad movie. And I understand that, but I think for me, it's one of those, like, I could see the merits of it, yeah. and because of that, because I saw them reaching for that brass sure. ring, I'll give it to them. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, and, they tried. And that's an inherent just difference between us, which is fine. Yeah. I hold it against them that yeah, they didn't fine. get there. And you hold grudges. Like we I, I'm more judgmental in that regard of saying like, oh, what? God You're judgmental. Damn it. Get I, know, out of I, know, here. I know. But that, I mean, the performances are legitimately great. Yeah. And there's a possibility. There's a possibility. There's a slight possibility. I'm holding Fantastic Four against Josh Trank. I mean, that's <laughs> that's totally understandable. To be fair, now um, the only other thing that I want to address before we move off of number three and we visit some of our wonderful sponsors is because is excuse me the I, we have to address the camera setup in this because we've explained how all the rest have been found footage oh yes this is brilliant yeah. by the way so the dynamic in this is that the bullied friend it ha- recently purchased a video camera and is going to document everything for a couple different reasons one science it's, uh, right but two as kind of evidence for himself of the things that are happening to him mm-hmm. so um he because he gets it at the beginning of the movie prior to them getting these powers and it's mainly to document a he's being abused yeah by his father i think his father or stepfather yeah. um but he's parental being figure so he is keeping a camera on and he's using that as a deterrent he's saying i'm filming this like every time you know the father is, is coming at me. him Right, he's like, I'm go- I'm filming you, so just understand that whatever happens, you're going to be on film, which makes sense to me. It's a great like, yeah, it's a great uh, what do you call it? Framing uh, device. Yes, it is a great framing device. Um, but then as the powers get more developed, he starts doing some really interesting things, like he'll hover the camera around yes. himself. That was I loved that framing device of them not having to explain shaky cam or not have shaky cam. And being able to explain the cinematic viewpoints because he was hovering a camera as if it were on a crane. Right, because the more powerful he gets, he can not only manipulate a single object, but he can manipulate multiple objects at once. Right, yeah. exactly. It's like that great, uh, there's an awesome scene in, once again, bringing it back to Magneto because it kind of feels that way. Where Magneto is just doing multiple things at once. I think he there's one where he's... he's uh, I think is the first or the second X-Men where he's got the little uh, perpetual motion balls, but they're not attached to anything. He's just, yeah, he's just controlling them. And then when he leaves, they fall. Right. (laughs) But he's also like making a pathway for people to come through. So he's like multitasking. Yeah. Uh, It totally felt like that where he's just got this camera and he's recording himself 
and he's recording his friends. Um, so I thought the device yeah. was really a unique idea. And I did like how at the end, instead of having that be this continued framing device, it was actually from security cameras and police footage yep. because they would not have been able to justify him continuing to do that while fighting for his life. Right, right. So then it becomes camera, it becomes news footage. Yeah. It becomes, like you said, security cameras, dash cams, stuff like that. And then it gets brought back around at the end, um, which I won't spoil, but they have a good kind yeah. of ending of, and this is why yeah. we're done filming. And again, I, I can agree with so much of what you said. It was just because I thought it should have been so much better. So should have, it was so close that it made me mad. I understand. <laughs> so which th- isn't fair. Let me put it. Out. I know it's not fair. Right. And I do think people should watch this movie. If you like superheroes, if you like found footage, if you like origin stories, it's a completely unique take on that. So, and that's it, why it earned the spot on there. For so, me. I disagree with you, but I understand it. Fair enough. So my so cues uh, five through three. We've got number five. We've got creep. Number four. We've got the sacrament. And number three. We've got chronicle. Booyah! Not too bad. No, not too bad. I think our top two may actually be the same. So I'm curious to get into them. I'm gonna say one of them may be the other one. I highly doubt it. Okay. So I, I think that it'll be fun to get into it. Totally. But first, um, we've got some uh, sponsors that we like to mention. If you want to change the channel, you can. Um, but, you know, for us, these are people that, that we care about. Um, sure. But before we get into those, I think that you have something you want to tell the audience about to come see us, maybe? Oh, yeah. To come see us at The Crying Wolf? Yeah. In East Nashville? Yeah. The last Wednesday of every single month? Yeah. Where we play Bill Murray Bingo? What's that, you ask? (laughs) I'll tell you. If you play old folks home style bingo that has bingo at the top of a card covered with little numbers that you mark off with one of those big stampy marker thingies, well, then you'll pretty much know how to play this, even though we don't do that at all. And we play with a card that says Murray at the top. You're selling it so hard. Hold on. And uh, (laughs) Bill Murray movie characters. And instead of using markers, we use... Gummy bills. Gummy bills. Yeah. Well, also gummy bears. They're it's the same thing. Yeah, you can eat them. They're delicious. But yeah, come check us out. It's fucking free, and we got prizes. We do take tips. It gets it gets better and more fun and more involved every single every single month. So and who knows, Bill Murray might be at the next one. If you're in the Nashville area or the East Nashville area, you know, come out, join us. We're gonna play some games and have some fun. So last Wednesday of every month, Crying Wolf East Nashville. You better be there or Bill Murray will cry. (laughs) Nobody wants that. You're listening to WKRQ Talk Radio. Now, yours, mine, and ours with Dr. Chad McGillicuddy. Therapeutic advice for everyday people. All right. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I hope you liked those sponsors is you know i choose them because they 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 give me money so uh we are i'm looking at my producer now it looks like we have some calls on the line all right um i think that you know with a degree like mine i can help a lot of people so why don't you send on that first call uh yes dr mckillicuddy uh this is bethany uh from northeastern western virginia and uh i was calling in um so I've, I've, I've recently been trying to set goals for myself, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but I find that every time that I set a goal, I become more ex- obsessed with 
um, what I need to succeed than actually meeting that goal. And I just wanted to know if you could give me a way to help to help myself. All right. Well, Brittany, um, I think that one of the things that you need to think about is I would actually use me as an example for this. You should look to me as as uh, your guide on this. Okay. so, um, you know, Beth, when you're thinking about problems, think to yourself, you know, when Chad was in graduate school, which, you know, by the way, uh, summa cum laude, uh, just putting that out there, because when you really focus on your problems, they can become hurdles that excite you to get over, you know? Right. So like for me personally, my dad was extremely rich and that was a great benefit to me. So whenever I came up on a problem, I could look to my father and having those role models can be really, really important. But see that, but my, my, my situation, cause I wasn't rich. So I don't, um, that doesn't really, I don't, I don't know how to. Well, I, I think, I think what you're trying to get at is that, you know, while having a role model like, like myself might be imposing because I'm just so great. Uh, when you look at your own problems, I think you need to think to yourself, what would Dr. Chad McGillicuddy do? How would he get around this? And then you can, you can think of those next actions and but, really delve down into that. Thank you. But, uh, next uh, caller. Uh, yes. My name is uh, Buck Owens from Southeastern Northwestern. <laughs> uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, just wanted to call and ask, um, so recently I've been having a real problem every time I look in the mirror, and I'm seeing somebody that I don't really like. Uh, it's, okay. Still, okay. it's still uh, me, yeah, yeah. but it's like I'm just not happy with me. Okay. And I wanted to know if you could give me any tips to, to just make me happier about about me sure well well brad um what i would say to that is you know when you look in the mirror you probably see somebody you're not happy with am i hearing that correctly uh yes sir so what i would say is that you know i like to work out for four hours every day um my gym is a very exclusive gym here in new york city and i think that i think that's kind of one of the ways that physical physical exercise can be really great for something like but but i'm a quadriplegic so that's that's not really an option for me. Well, the fact that you don't know grammar very well is not really relevant to our conversation here. I think that when uh, you look in the mirror and you see like what I imagine is a very greasy head of hair or um you know if if you're if you're quadruplaning and you can't drive very well, you're probably thinking to yourself, I need skills that are better than, than I am right now. And but, I would definitely tell you to set goals. If you listen to our last caller, Claire, she had a lot of goals that she was trying to set, and she just couldn't quite reach them because she didn't have the dedication that like someone like myself would have. But, so I would say you should really set those for yourself and, and then achieve them. Uh, but, does that make sense, Garrett? I, I'm going to be honest, not really. I'm just... I really need to know how to feel better about myself. And so far, you're—it's fun. I'm finding it very hard to relate. Oh, to you. okay. Oh, okay. Well, well, Dave. Um, what I what I would say is that you sound very, very defensive, and I don't like uh, your tone. But and so, um, I would say, if you listen to what I said, I have a degree that you don't. So I, I'm definitely more knowledgeable in this area about how you should feel about yourself than you are. That's why I called. Okay, listen hard. I can't listen All right. any harder. Okay, if you're listening hard, set goals and achieve them. Next caller, please. Uh, yes, hi. My, my name's Chucky. Uh, my mom is a long-time caller, first-time listener. And uh, 
So I decided to call in. Uh, she doesn't speak English, so I'm gonna, I'm just gonna relay everything that she's wanting to ask. Uh, thank you, uh, thank you, Gary, for for your call. And uh, I'm getting the light from my producer, and it looks like it is time for my tea. So I will see you next time. And as I always say, your problems are your problems. I'm Dr. Chad McGillicuddy, and uh, you're welcome. You've been listening to Yours, Mine, and Ours, therapeutic advice for everyday people. Stop, wait. I think, are we back? Yeah, no, right yeah. now. Oh, right I gotcha. Now. Right now we're back. Got it, we're back. Awesome. Got I it. it, cool. I, I, I was we confused We found ourselves again. We did. We did. We're back in it. And uh, I hope people liked the sponsors. I hope uh, I didn't, to be yeah. fair. And if I've, you if you change the channel, I hope you're back and listening good. Um, so I'm ready talking now. I'm ready to get into the top two. If you are, uh, I am so ready. I was born <sighs> in a found footage style. I, I actually <laughs> most people are. Yeah, with I don't know if you know yeah, cameras. yeah. I I and, was uh, born found footage. The style. miracle of birth. is, yep. is found footage. That was that That's was my, my number two. Actually, is the miracle <laughs> of life. Beautiful the miracle, miracle of birth. I forget which one we'll watch. Yeah, either one. Yeah. Um, so anyway. Schindler's List? <laughs> yeah, totally found footage. Documentary. Um, so you want me to start? Yeah, I do. All right, so here Back comes, to Jay. Here comes Jay's two and one. Uh, my number two is Cloverfield by Matt Reeves. Impressive. And J.J. Abrams. Impressive. So if you've listened to the episode in the past, you've heard us mention this movie. You've heard us talk about J.J. Abrams. We are both big fans. I am a fan of pretty much everything that okay. he does. Can to I degree. can I interrupt you for a sec? Yeah. I think I think we may have hit on something here again. And if that's the case, I want to take this opportunity to do something very unique to our show. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause this and I'm gonna ask you a question. Okay. So listeners, you're gonna hear a quick pause, and then we'll be right back with you. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Confirmed. <laughs> Confirmed. We we have a situation here <laughs> where I think this is only really ha- we came close to it on one of our other episodes. We actually got our a, mall episode. We got a high five Yahtzee right. on the mall episode where all five were the exact same. So we're about to have ooh, this could provide the groundwork for a very interesting jinxies where we ooh. can do the top two from this because we have just confirmed we have the same top two movies. We have the high five. High, high five. five. So off the record, while you weren't listening to us because we're more important than you, right. we confirmed that we both have the same top two, which are uh, Cloverfield and the other two, and the other number one right. we'll get to in a second. Right. So we want to both talk about yes, it. Yes, let's do it. Because we're excited. How good is Cloverfield? It's fucking awesome. <laughs> so good. That's my first note. Amazing movie. I thought you were going to say your first note is, how good is Cloverfield? <laughs> <laughs> like a legitimate question. Yeah. Like, no, but, but how good was it? No, yes. Um, uh, is very good. It is. Uh, did you see it in the theater? I did. Okay. I did. Well, okay. Two things. I'll, let's just, let's just talk about yeah, it. Yeah. Let's but talk for about me, it. Let's one of the things I loved about Cloverfield was the marketing behind it. Yes. I think that it was so brilliantly done. Now, JJ has a penchant for secretive style marketing. Yes. He did it for super eight. Everybody knows how, how he did it for, um, the force awakens and star Wars. This one was marketed so well that you never knew what the movie was about until it got released. This is one of the ones. Okay. So so um, I will say I will give this movie credit while I've always been a big like movie website surfer and I try to stay pretty up to date on my movie news and knowledge as as we do. all. I mean, we share a lot of it on Facebook. Absolutely. I will say that this movie is 
I is credited with really getting me involved with kind of scouring the internet yeah. for anything that I could find on this movie. I remember exactly, I was working for that electronics, that shitty ass electronics company <laughs> that I used to work for. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. I do, I do. Um, rhymes with Schmeltronic Lux Express. <laughs> yes. Uh, totally rhymes with that. <laughs> um, but I used to work there, and I would spend, and, you know, fuck them, because it, it doesn't matter doesn't matter now. I used to spend fucking hours on the internet during my shift researching this fucking movie, because it's when the trailer dropped, there was all the buzz that everyone thought this was going to be a Godzilla movie. Do everyone, you remember that? Yes. And it it kind of almost is. Kind of. In a way, but it was done so well that it was such a slight misdirect yeah. that when you actually saw the movie, you're like, this is completely different than it, it get exactly the same. <laughs> you're right. But I remember the buzz, the real buzz being yeah. like, J.J. Abrams is doing Godzilla. Like, he's yep. producing the, ne- the next Godzilla movie. Yep. And Gareth Edwards was like, what? Right. <laughs> and you're just like, what is that? <laughs> right. At the time, he's like, no, I'm doing that movie. <laughs> I'm doing it in like eight years. Yeah. But uh, I got to do monsters first. Um, Which is sort of found footage. Yeah, it is. Not on either of our lists. Not an honorable mention either. It's not a great movie. It's It's, okay. It's better constructurally and technically than it is a good movie. I will say best Gareth Edwards movie so far has been Rogue One. Oh, yeah. Easy. For sure. But Cloverfield. Yes. Okay. So since since you started off, I'll give you the floor first. Tell me why you love this. Well, I did the same thing that you did. I was scouring the internet for information about this movie. And one of the things I vividly remember was the website that came out. Yeah. It was basically just a giant mystery box. Yep. You had to scour through documents. Which is an like, awesome J.J. Abrams yes. phrase. It was I like love mystery government box. files and cryptic videos and things that are really important. Slush on, Like, yes. Uh, people, like, things that are really important hidden on, like, deep, deep, deep pages on the website where the more time you spent on the website, the less information you had about the movie, but the more excited you were there to get answers There was stuff embedded it. in the HTML code that would redirect yes. to, like, other websites. It was, it was amazingly marketed, and that got me into it hands down. Now, I've mentioned earlier that I love when people genre jump with found yep. footage, and... While I do consider this kind of a horror movie, kind of, it's not really. It's a monster movie. It's yeah. a creature feature. It is a straight up monster it's movie. It's a cr- straight up creature feature. And that's what I love. That's one of the things that I love so much about it. And my God, the monster design. It was the best monster design I'd seen since The Host. And I'm going to say, to take it a step further, just because I don't want to gloss over the, the creature feature aspect of this, this is. This provided, okay, so I know you and I are both huge fans of creature features in general. I love big monster movies. They're so fun. Yes. I, I love everything from, like, back in the day, Harryhausen type stuff. Yes. Oh, my God. Harryhausen's like a god. Up to, like, the current stuff. Like, like we even, mon- even mentioned monsters. Troll Hunters. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, that, man, that should have been on one of our lists. It should have been at least, at the very least, yeah. on an honorable okay, mention. Okay, honorable uh, Late, late retroactive late in the game retcon honorable mention go watch troll hunter found footage gigantic monsters it's it's awesome it is and a lot of fun yes it is a lot of fun but i love big monster movies but i will say that this one was the first one like this provided the viewer the vantage point of what it would really feel like yes. to be on the ground if something like this was smashing through your city. Yeah. 
Instead of just these cool aerial shots of these monsters running around and destroying buildings, you are on the ground. Instead of watching a whole building get demolished, you're a character inside that building as it's getting demolished. And that makes the tension and the fucking anxiety inducing stuff so much more because you're catching weird glimpses of this monster through a window, like yes. in the distance. You that know what I mean? That was one of the great things about it too, was that while the the creature design was fantastic, you didn't get a good look at it until maybe 47, oh, 50 yeah. minutes into the well movie. In. And that made it even scarier because it would be like that. It would be a, just a bunch of commotion and, and a bunch panic. of confusion and panic up until you were able to get out of... And it takes place in New York City. Right. So everything is obscured by buildings. Sure. And it, and that that was so amazing. So I love that. Um, now, this is one of those that, luckily, at the time that this movie came out, I don't think I recognized any of the actors in it, including T.J. Miller. Who... I recognized T.J. Miller because I was a stand-up fan. Okay. And he's been a stand-up for years and was fantastic. He was one of the things... I didn't know he was in the movie going in, and he's one of my notes, just the name T.J. Miller. I love him, have loved him for a long time, and when I saw him in the film, I was like, I'm going to like this movie. Just straight out. And actually, you know what? I, I'm going to take that back. Um, I will say that there was one actress that I recognized, Lizzie Kaplan. Oh, yeah. From Mean Girls. She's in a bunch of stuff. Um, but the rest of them, I really didn't know too well. Right. So it totally allowed me to kind of stay in it I with like these, that. these cast members that I wasn't familiar with. Well, and... I was going to say Kaplan's not in it much, but she is. I'll yes. take that back. She's yeah. one of the core runners that kind of moves listening. throughout runners. the city. But yes, so A, it provided a very fresh perspective on mm-hmm. a monster movie, a genre that I already loved, but it gave me that yes. like, well, you now you're in the fucking center of it. Yes. Also, this is one of those, and I don't know how you feel about this because I know we're both saying that we love this movie. This is one of those that I cannot express enough how important I truly felt it was to experience this in the theater. Yeah. And with a group of people. Yeah. There's something, there's always something to be said about seeing a movie in a theater. Yes, please always go to a theater if you can. Support your local theaters. I mean, literally, I don't know if, if the everyday Joe Blow knows how theaters operate, but they're really not making shit off of your ticket prices. Everybody's like, oh, theaters cost, they charge so much. It's not the fucking theaters. No. It's the studios that are charging them to show these movies. Yes. And that creates huge costs incurred by the movie theaters. Really? What they're making money off of is your concessions. Right. So there's so, a reason that you're paying $27 for a bucket of popcorn. And the fact that every one of us has been bringing in candy from the gas station <laughs> for the last 15 years. And don't you fucking deny it. You oh, know you do it. I'm, I'm the biggest not culprit you, here. Not you. I'm saying to our yeah. listeners out there, don't. I don't want anybody going, I don't do that. Yes, you yes, do. Yes, you fucking Those do. Those Skittles you're eating <laughs> and that, that like... Philly cheesesteak right. did not come that, from the concession that stand. That dollar store bag of Swedish fish that yeah. you picked up did yeah. not come from the concession stand. But it's one of those things where theater experience. So, yes, once again, high five. We always say support your local theater. If you've got a local theater, like an actual local owned and operated, not even a chain theater, support the fuck out of those yeah. guys because those guys are really doing it. And they're doing cool stuff. So. Uh, but just to get back, I remember the experience going to see this movie because I was so fucking excited. I saw this opening night. Nice. Because I was so jazzed because of the the yeah. lead up of, of all the promotional material. 
And I remember going to the theater. I saw this here locally in Nashville. We have a theater in Green Hills. That's what it's called, the Green Hills Cinema 16. And I went there, and I remember walking up with a group of friends from my work, from that shitty electronics store that I used to work at. Uh, And on the outside, plastered on the whole theater, they had warning notices that this movie may make you sick. Yes. And it was like, if you have a heart condition or if you are easily motion sick and I am both of those things do not go see this movie and as a a film fan and I know you'll know this as a horror fan it immediately took me back to thinking about those old like castle horror films where they would have warnings outside that were like this movie is not for the faint of heart you know what I mean because you might die it's so (laughs) scary and so it immediately like my excitement level that I was already like a hundred when I saw those signs, it jumped to like 170. Yes. I was like, this movie may kill me. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know what's happening right now. And I remember going into the theater and it was packed. It was a sold out show. Good. It was packed, packed, packed. And we got we got there way early. So we managed to get center seats right in the middle of the theater, which is very important for me. And yeah. uh, I remember as the lights went down and the movie started to roll, the but like you could fucking feel the electricity yeah. in the audience. Well, and a great thing about that movie is that the first 20 minutes, you have no idea what's going on Mm-mm. because it's literally just people filming going away messages for yep. a guy who has a new job and he's leaving the city Yep, and it's his going away party. And there's actually clips from whatever video camera that you're watching of old movies, like of tricks like it was like, taken. it was like recorded over. Yes. Yeah, and you could tell it was recorded over something, and the shakiness of it most of the time. And I'll say, like you know, a Greenberg in the Bourne movies, right. the shaky cam bothers the hell out of me. Yeah, because I feel like it's cheap. But for this one, it felt good because it was supposed to draw you into the movie, and it felt like people running with a handheld camera. Right, and there was definitely there's this something that I don't feel like they do often enough in these kind of like running from an unseen force or running from a killer or running from a ghost in these found footages, every shot is so perfect. And we talked about that with paranormal activity in this one. There's at least four or five shots of just the ground. Yeah. Just like as you're running, you're just watching feet just kind of like (laughs) run. And I was like, yeah, Yeah. because you're not just going to be like perfectly trained on whatever's chasing you. You're going to be like, I'm going to get the fuck out of here. And what I will say is uh, before we move on, one of the things I have to commend about this movie is while it's even filmed in that style, the set pieces are so amazing. They would be, action movie level set pieces. I mean, for instance, there's a scene and this isn't spoilers, but the most of the movie is a character study of these people trying to rescue one of their friends. Yes. It's not about trying to capture the monster. It's not about trying to get out of the city. It's about them trying to go back into dangerous territory and rescue someone they care about. And one of the set pieces is that she's in a building that has fallen over and is leaning against another building. And even better, not even that but she is she is incapacitated because she is currently skewered on a piece of rebar yeah so she is completely helpless and she communicates that that she can't move they know that she's pinned yeah. and trapped and so yes like you said the set piece of this building that is leaning on another yes. building is so awesome and th- i can only imagine 
the desire they would have had to show an outside shot of this building and these people climbing through it because it is a majestic image. It's this amazing action set piece image and they stick with the handheld camera so you're literally just looking down through the windows. Right. And it's amazingly brave, but that and the subway shots and the park shots are such good set pieces filmed in the moment, sure. in with the handheld camera, sure, it just pulls you so deep. And I into will it. say, there was. Um, can we go into the spoiler territory on this one? Sure, why not? Okay. I mean, at this point, it's almost ten years removed. So, right, yeah. all right. If you haven't seen it, pause right here, go watch it, and then come back. But um, speaking of that, there's a really cool shot. So, really, probably one of the most clear and interesting shots you get of the monster is at the end when T.J. Miller gets eaten. Yeah. By the monster, but he's holding the camera. So you have this really <laughs> interesting and kind of like sickeningly guttural, like you hear him die. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, and you're with him. Yeah. So like you hear him and he's kind of like, oh God, oh no, 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 no. And then you hear like this crunch and then the camera just kind of like tumbles down yeah. from the sky and just kind of like lands on the ground. And I think his arm might still be with it. I don't remember, but you might be probably like you just see his hand, which then leads you to like, even though you're not shown it, you're thinking like, Oh fuck, did it like bite his arm? Like <laughs> gross. Like it's instantly so much more, so much worse yes. than what you're shown on camera. And then this movie does one of my favorite things. It does not have a happy ending. It doesn't. Everybody, everyone dies. Everybody dies. But the ending, it, the premise is that everybody dies and the video was confiscated by the government and right. you're watching these tapes that were leaked from the government. Right. But the end of the movie, because everything that happens is filmed over other things, right. is the two main characters, the main guy and the girl he's going to rescue, who is his ex-girlfriend, right. on the beach in a happy moment right. because that's what they filmed over. Right. And that's and that's how it ends. It ends with him and his ex, yeah, in hunkered down in a tunnel in Central Park, and the military comes in and bombs the fuck yeah. out of New York City. And you're like, yeah, yeah, that's what would happen. Like, if there's a giant monster, they're not gonna worry about saving every individual person. Nope. If you haven't gotten out, you're collateral damage. Like, you're fucked. Sorry. And so that's one of the things, too, because in, I feel like in monster movies and stuff, they always go way out of the way to, like, save the main character. You know, the military helicopter turns around and comes and save them. And it's like, no, like, these people are expendable to the military. They disobeyed the leave orders to go back in, and they paid for it. Right. And so then it also makes it even more sickeningly upsetting because their entire journey has been for nothing. Yeah. At this point. You, you know what I mean? It. They climbed the building. They saved the girl from the rebar just to die in a different place. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like like nothing everything they've done has been in vain. And maybe that's just my excited I love nihilism like that. And it's just like nothing you did was worth anything, you pieces of shit. Like, haha, you still fucking died. You know what I mean? Uh, maybe I'm just a really weird sadomasochist like that. But part of it energized me like I loved it I'm glad that they didn't oh you suddenly got rescued at the last minute by the marines here they come to save the day you (laughs) know what I mean like it was like Like Jurassic Park 3 (laughs) exactly (laughs) instead it was like no sorry yeah you're dead I have you fucked up yeah uh so I really love that um also we have to touch on it a little bit 
So as much as we love this movie, they recently came out with a backdoor sequel yeah. to this movie, uh, 10, 10 Cloverfield, Cloverfield Lane. Lane, which if you haven't seen that audience, also go watch that. Immediately. Another amazing movie, not what you expect, and has a very interesting tie-in yeah. to Cloverfield. Well, I love that, and again, no spoilers, but it sort of just doesn't even relate to the first movie nope. except that it kind of takes place in the same universe and that's yep. it. And that's so great cool to me. Yes. So I, nothing, nothing else about 10 Cloverfield Lane cause I want people to experience that without knowledge, but it, yes, very, Check it out. very well related. Check it out. Very good. And movie. there's a third on yeah. the way. Have you heard about this? Yeah. And have you heard they announced what it was? No. Uh, it's called the God particle. Um, and it's actually coming out. It's, it's coming out soon. Let's um let's take a look here. Um but uh yeah, so 10 Cloverfield Lane, I saw that one in the theater. That's another one that um uh really kind of blew me away. Um not found footage. Not found footage at all. A uh, different kind of genre of film. Um but uh a very interesting much like we were just talking about Gareth Edwards yeah. doing Rogue One, it made the original movie better for me somehow. So just like Rogue One made A New Hope better, 10 Cloverfield Lane heightened the experience of the first one for me as well. it's kind of symbiotic because the existence of the Cloverfield movie makes 10 Cloverfield Lane better. Like 10 Cloverfield Lane would have been a fantastic standalone movie, but the existence of Cloverfield makes it better and its existence makes Cloverfield better. So I'm going to give you the quick plot synopsis for this upcoming cool, film. Cool, and then we can okay. go on to number one. Yep. And uh, this is in production. Um, I think it's coming out this year. Uh, yeah, October. Nice. Okay. Here's the the bare plot line. A team of astronauts aboard a space station find themselves alone after a scientific experiment causes Earth to disappear. Nice. When a space shuttle appears... The space station crew must fight for survival following their horrible discovery. I love it. That's it. I can only imagine how it's going to relate. I, exactly. I, I, that's what makes it, it so exciting. So, I love it. So anyway, that's it. Um, but then, uh, that's yeah. And then now our number one. Our number one. We also you want to say it at the same time I so we, we can I, set up our Jinxies episode in the future? Sh- I think we should. All right. So you ready? High five, five. four, three, two, one. The, the Blair, Blair Witch Project. Project. It should come as no surprise because it is the modern day grandfather of the found footage popularity. Absolutely. I mean, it was the one that established back in 1999 that that these were films that one could be made for cheap and two could rake in huge amounts of profit and get a lot of fandom. And for a studio, it's like a perfect mix for a film studio to not have to have a lot of elaborate marketing for them to not spend a lot of money on the movie, not spend big bucks on big name actors and rake in tons of dough and to have enjoyable experience for the audience. It what it's sort of a, a unicorn. It's like a perfect storm of profitability for them. But it also this one was done in a way that gave us the viewing audience an extremely good experience. And I will say this: so this is pre this was pre internet for me. Oh yeah. So I remember I was in school when this movie came out, and just like we talked about marketing buzz going around for uh, Cloverfield, the marketing buzz for this was all word of mouth and there was a real 
real feeling that this movie was real footage of real people yes. that really disappeared. That was one of the things to me that catapulted it to the number one spot because in honesty, parts of it are boring. It's not really well acted. The filming of it was exactly what it needed to be. Sure. But the marketing behind it and the story they built around this film was so brilliant and so well done that it established what a found footage at its core should be. And the actors involved were no one. No one. Still like, no one. Exactly. Uh, well, Heather Donahue, I think, went on to kind of like maybe a, be in a couple more things. A couple things. But I mean, even the directors like Eduardo Sanchez, Daniel Minick, uh, or Merrick, uh, kind of still no names. They had definitely came onto the scene with that movie. Um, but I remember watching news stories about people discussing whether or not this had happened because it's such a common story in counties all across America. Oh, there's a haunted woods. People believe a witch lives there. Can I suggest one thing, though? Yeah. Uh, Eduardo Sanchez, you just mentioned him. Uh Before we gloss over him, I just want to suggest there is a really good movie that he did called Lovely Molly. Oh, and if you haven't seen this movie, it's pretty good. Check it out. It's I pretty enjoyed good. it a lot. It's pretty not good. A lot, a lot. But I wouldn't say like he's a big studio. No, driver. not at all. I just wanted to throw out one. Yeah. There's out of his oeuvre of yeah. films, I would say Blair Witch and, and Lovely that Molly. That one's definitely worth watching. a mention. So go ahead. But I remember watching news stories, people debating whether or not this happened in their state. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It like people were there was a real thing that yeah. this was real. And they were like, Oh yeah, I remember the Blair Witch story. And right. you're like, Do you? Well, and growing up in Tennessee, there's so much belief. We have it, the Bell Witch. Yeah, we have the Bell Witch. And people were like, Oh no, it's based off the Bell Witch, and that's what the film is based around. And then when I left Tennessee and moved into New England, there were people there who were like, No, 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 no. It happened here. And I was like, no, we have the Bell Witch. And they're like, yeah, we have this witch or whatever. And there's so many similar stories that it felt universal while being entirely contained. They tapped into that urban mythology. Yes. Like somehow they they found the the one story that would resonate no matter it's kind of like the serial the escaped serial killer with the hook hand. Right. Like they, that happened in everyone's state. They should it shouldn't have been uh which I think it's Burkittsville, Maryland right. is where it's supposed to take place, but it should have just been Springfield. They should have just yeah. called it Springfield. Totally. And been like, oh yeah, no, there's one in every state. Like that's how universal it felt. Right. And and I do remember exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And I remember uh there were kids that I was in school with and they're like, "Hey man, like the footage that they found, like these, like this, these people are gone. Like no, my th- cousin went to college yeah, with a girl that the, disappeared. The police put this out as a way to try and figure out if anybody had any leads on yeah. like how to find these people. Like, yes. like this is real. Like I know it's supposed to be like a scary movie, but like this is real. And I remember being like, Oh fuck. Like, <laughs> And then you watch it, and it sort of feels that way. Totally. Because it is all handheld. It is very shoddy. It is non-steady cam. And the ending just sort of ends. And it feels like someone found like DVDs or VHS tapes of this experience. So what's interesting, um, I'll give you, I'll drop a little knowledge on you about this movie. Um, much like Creep, uh, so this movie only had a 35-page screenplay, which 
if you've seen, which is very short. Yeah, if you, yeah. That's really not much of a screenplay. That's actually more of like an outline for yeah. a movie. Um, well, I mean, because I think screenplays are supposed to be like 90 seconds of screen time. Right. They're supposed to encapsulate 90 seconds of screen time. Each right. page of a screenplay. Right. So, so having 35 pages is basically like 40 minutes right, of a movie. Barely making a feature-length yes. film. Um, but they the reason they did that is because they wanted that dialogue improvisation. Mm-hmm. They wanted the bare bones outline because it lends more believability to yeah. the characters actually saying, okay, like, here's your scene. You've, you know, your friend has lost the map. What would you say to him? Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're Go. stuck in these woods, yeah. do it. You know what I mean? Whatever you're going to, whatever you would say. Um, so that happened. Um, filming took place over eight days. Yeah. In Maryland. Which I love. And they filmed 19 hours of footage and edited it down to 90 minutes. Yeah. So n- there is, <laughs> there is somewhere there is a 17 hours, 17 hour cut missing of Blair Witch. There is a found footage version of the found footage Blair Witch project. <laughs> Times exists like somewhere. Six. Yeah. yeah. Um, which, and what I also love, we mentioned it in another, with one of the other movies, but because it's not done by people who had been in the industry for a long time, it's not done by what I would say big name, quote unquote, professional actors. And, you know, I don't mean any offense to the people who are in it. But it's done that way that things aren't framed in the cinematic way. Uh, I mean, the really famous scene of I'm so sorry with the snot bubble. Yeah. It's half of her face. Yeah. It's not even like framed the right way no. for an emotional scene. And those little touches, those little elements make it feel so more real and therefore give you such a more visceral experience watching the movie that it, I mean, it is the best found footage movie that has ever been made. And and it worked because like you said, so you know how much this movie cost to make? Oh, I mean, it's, it's in the measly thousands of dollars. It's 60 grand. Yeah. So to put in perspective, I think clerks cost 40 grand. Right. To okay. Make. So this costs a little more than clerks to make, but less than a Tesla. Right. Absolutely. Much less than a Tesla. Like the, the producers gave them the money and they said, should we buy a Tesla or should we make this movie? And they made the movie. And do you know how much it made? Oh, it's it's in the millions, hundreds of millions. Two hundred and forty eight million dollars yeah. off of a sixty thousand dollar movie. That's what uh, you call a return on your investment. Uh, Artisan Entertainment, who bought this movie, they bought the movie for one point one million dollars. So so they made they made two hundred and forty seven million dollars. By being like, hey, we're going to buy this small which little is, movie, which is why they stayed an actual studio for another like eight years. Exactly. Um also, cool marketing. Speaking speaking of the marketing, uh, so it premiered at Sundance, and the film was marketed by inter, uh, Artisan Entertainment as listing all of the actors included as either missing or deceased. I love it. So this they is just brilliant, and they also put a ban on the actors doing press. Yeah, until after a wider release, because so they wanted them to th- everyone to think they were dead. That they were dead. That this was a legit film that had happened and pieced together from legit footage of people who went missing or died. Um, so I don't, Just, I can't think of a better movie that opened my eyes yeah. to found footage. Well, it introduced for people who hadn't seen cannibal Holocaust, which was like, I think 0% of the population at um, the time. Yeah. After 1980, when all the lawsuits happened, this introduced people to what the concept of found footage was. And I still, to this day, don't think it's been over 
overshadowed because the Pandora's box has been opened. Now, when you see a found footage, if you watch even the kind of mediocre ones like Wreck or sure. you know VHS, it that wonder, that newness, that uniqueness is now gone because you have been introduced to Blair Witch Project. Sure, and. That to me is, you know, they always say, oh, the first to do something is will always be the best. While that's not always the case, in this case, because found footage relies so heavily on you not knowing what's happening and you being involved in the meta-ness of oh, how absolutely. it's done, this really did establish itself and create create a genre that w- that is still to this day being, you know, movies being released. Hell, they've remade this movie, which... I love the people who remade it. Not nearly as good. Nor but did you watch it? I did. I don't think we've talked since you watched it. It It's okay. What'd you think? It's fine. I like that they introduced new concepts. I like that they introduced like the drone technology. And it was technically a sequel? Yeah. Kind of? Yes, it was because it's because the cousin. He's ser- it's the brother. It's the brother who's searching for his sister. For Heather Donahue from the first movie. So it was fine, but it it lacked in that originality for me because it did feel almost like a note for note sequel remake reboot i loved the the witch design at the end like the witch is way scarier in that one but it didn't feel as real as the first one did sure that's my assessment fair enough so it's okay if you like the first one i'd say watch the it's better it's better well okay and i'm it's better than the bear winch project what about book of shadows way better than that's terrible that one's not good yeah that one's unwatchable yeah, I don't know that it's unwatchable. It I watched it. It shouldn't be watched. Maybe two or three times. It shouldn't be watched. So I liked the concept of the Book of Shadows where it's they make it into a tourist attraction. Yeah. I liked the concept, but the movie was awful. I'm sorry. Uh no, that's fine. Don't you have to apologize to me for that. So apologize well, again. Well, no, that movie's <laughs> terrible. I'm sorry, that movie's bad. So anyway. That's it, man. So let's uh, let's roll back through our individual lists first. All right. So uh, my number five is... This is Jay, by the yeah. way. Jay's okay. list. Uh, paranormal Activity. Uh, number four, End of Watch. Number three, Cannibal Holocaust. Two, Cloverfield. And one, The Blair Witch Project. All right. And to clarify, this is Q now. This is Q speaking. Uh, just so everybody is aware why we're doing this suddenly. Uh, we know we sound similar. We got, we got some feedback from some of our wonderful uh, fivers out there that uh, we needed to delineate more between who is speaking because not only are we bros in our heart, but apparently we're bros in our voices as well. <laughs> and people were a little unsure about who was speaking sometimes. Uh, so just to clarify, this is Q with the sexy dulcet tones. And that's Jay. Hi. With that. With that, yeah. yeah. With, so with that, so with to roll voice. back through my list, uh, my number five was Creep. My number four is The Sacrament. My number three is Chronicle. My number two, just like my wonderful co-host Jay, was Cloverfield. And our shared number one was the goddamn Blair Witch Project. Blair Witch Project. So that's it. I mean, I don't think anyone would disagree that the Blair Witch Project is the best found fo- found footage movie ever made. Yep. And if they um, do, then they should wrong. go get lost in the fucking woods. They're, they're so wrong. I've got some. I've got some woods I need to introduce. Yeah. To. Um. But yeah. And so I think now it's a good time to take a break before we get into our game. Let us breathe a little bit. Yep. Let us get uh, unscared. <gasps> and uh, you know, in the meantime, 
Go ahead and mark on your calendar the last Wednesday of this month in East Nashville at the Crying Wolf and come play Bill Murray Bingo with us. Be there. You can see us live and in person. You can you, look upon our visages. I will let you stroke Q's beard. To be fair, though, you may still not know which is which. That's true. Seeing us in person. That's, that's true. It's, it's not a guarantee and it's not a promise that you'll be able to tell us apart there either. That's true. So uh, either continue to listen to the show uh, or uh, you can hear from our sponsors, yeah. or you know, if you yeah. change the station, just come right back. But when when we come back, we're gonna play a game that we have uh, lovingly titled "Found Libbage," and if you want to know what that means, stick around. All right, we're back with your base game baseball, um, and you're you're listening to the eighth inning. We've just come into the eighth inning between the Arizona Diamond Faces and the New England uh, uh, Shirt Socks, and uh, it's it's been an ex- it's been one egg of a game here, hasn't it, Bill? Oh, it's been fantastic, Charles. Let me tell you. Uh, first off, watching these players just run the ball up and down the field has just been amazing. I think it's been I think it's been awesome. These first three quarters have been something to watch for sure. And actually, as we look now, it looks like uh, number eighteen is coming up to the uh, the base plate. That is where they hit with the ball. I think and they call that the line of scrimmage. I think you're right, Bill. And it looks like the thrower is signaling something to the catcher guy. And oh, oh, he's winding up, and he's throwing. Oh, he hit it with the baseball bat. Oh, a touchdown. It it is going far, far to the right, and it looks like he has a home score. Excellent. Yeah, a little-known fact, uh, Perez, which is the name of that baseball player right there, um, he comes from a little town in Iowa. Chickamauga. I I love to. I've been to Chickamauga. I've been to their barbecue place. It's very good. Very good. Also, his he comes from a long lineage of ice cream makers. Oh, I think that's extra. That's why they call him the ice cream man. That's right. I, I think so. I think That's so. right. I think so. Oh, and it looks like, oh, oh, as we get now, they got their three out balls, and it looks like the other team is now taking the, the, the squad, and they've come out on the field, and it looks like the second home baseman is signaling something. Perfect. Okay, okay, yes, yes. Great. Man, you should really see this. This is, this it's is fantastic. some sort of game. It looks like he's going to do something. Uh, I believe this is where they're going to get a par for the course. I like it. I like it. Uh, and I think that now that since he is on the first home base, they they, they were called it stealing the base, I believe, because he is picking up the base mound and, and just, just running with it, carrying, um, it. carrying it right back to the dug home. Oh, Ah, it, did you see him fall just then? That I, is that some sort of like foul ball? Is I, that what they would call that? I, b- I believe so. I actually think uh, a little known fact: foul ball gets his lineage from when the very first baseman threw a ball and hit a bird. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Amazing. I, could, I couldn't believe this it. This is why I love hosting these events with I, you. It's just I couldn't believe it. Ah, oh, it's amazing. And, and sport so, ball is my favorite. It, it looks like uh, we have a score of 17 to 9, which uh, I believe is golf rules. So the 9 is the winning. That's winning right. One. That's right. The, the, winning, first, the first one. And then the uh, I believe at this point in the baseball game, uh, you're going to see both the pitcher and the catcher line up for a free throw. I, I think you're right. And if they actually hit the free throw, they get what's called an extra point. Perfect. So they Also known, I mean, I, I don't want to get technical on you, but also known as a mulligan. I love it. I love it. This is such an exciting baseball game. Um, and, oh, 
Oh my goodness, just now? Is that is the referee calling? He's calling for a timeout. Oh. They have they have called for a timeout and they are looking very incredulously at it. So we're gonna use this time for a timeout to talk about our local sponsor, the Crest Honda. Ooh, Crest Honda. Uh, when you need uh, a Honda that smells like toothpaste, right? Come on down to Crest Honda. That's it. Oh, <laughs> looks like their timeout is over. Their their timeout is over, and this is where the the coach goes back to the third base and actually trades places with the third baseman. It's amazing. Um, and it looks like uh, I think actually the 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 hitter on first base, uh, Rodrigo, is deaf. So the third baseman is making sign language signals at him. Isn't that isn't, one? Isn't it great just to see it, the the team really come just together? The diversi- just the diversity of this is amazing. I am not sure what he's signing because personally I don't know sign language, but uh, it looks like he is probably saying something fantastic about his hitter. It appears that the I believe it is the pitcher is about to throw the puck. Uh, first he's removing like his helmet. I like it. Uh, I and it looks like yes he has thrown the puck. And it is it is a slap shot. I love it. I love it. I, I think this is probably the most exciting ball ball base I've ever seen. This is amazing. And so uh, I, I wish everyone at home could hear it. And uh, I, I it looks like that, that's going to wrap up the game uh, because everyone is now heading into the rocket base. It looks like uh, yep they're shaking hands. Uh, everyone is doing the ceremonial dance. Uh, signifying the end of this uh, ball tournament. Congratulations to the uh, to the New England uh, shirt socks, and um, uh, you be sure to catch us next time as as we as we as we uh, announce the game. Uh, we're gonna be we're gonna be at the frisbee golf tournament. Yes, we are. And between the the Baltimore Cravens and the uh, and the Toronto uh, Toronto Shirts. That's right. Sponsored by Michael Bay. So, so thank you for joining us, and, and uh, enjoy your local sports ball. Have a wonderful evening. And after these messages, we came right back. Bitch. <laughs> That's All so right. aggressive. Uh, is it game time? We've kept it's people. It's motherfucking a, game time. We've kept people a lot today. Jay, so let's play as our game. resident high five game master, I am so excited at what the fuck found libbage means. Okay, so this was a game that we proposed and we came up with over uh, a drinks of an adult nature, mm-hmm. and what it is Milk. is basically Mad Libs with found footage movie plots. Shit, and we had to call it found libbage because we can't. By copyright, use the term Mad Lib. We definitely can't. We don't um, own that. So what I've done is I've taken two plot lines of popular and publicly released found footage movies. Fantastic. I have released. I have taken away a lot of nouns and verbs and adjectives. We are going to go through and fill in some of those descriptors, and then I am going to read them as a movie announcer, and then you're going to do the same for another one. I am so, so incredibly are you ready? excited. Are you ready to play Found Libbage? Yes. All right. So uh, the first one, I'm not going to tell you what movie it is, and then I'm going to have you guess. <laughs> per- perfect. Um, uh, I need a job title. Uh, plumber. Plumber. Uh, like Christopher Plumber. Mm-hmm. All right. Now I need a noun. Just, um, just a general noun. We're going to go with butthole. All right. <laughs> it's like we're playing in eighth grade. Yep. Um, now I need a person. Uh, Jay. Okay. Jay. You're the only person I know. <laughs> That's sad. Uh, now I need an adjective. Uh, adjective. Uh, smelly. 
Smelly. Ooh, that's fun. Uh, now I need a verb. Uh, jumping. Right? Verb is sure. action word. Yep, that is that is what that means. Yeah. Jumping. Uh, now I need another noun. Uh, let's go with toenail. Toenail. I like that one. Um, now I need a celebrity. Mm, Donald Trump. Ooh, uh, I, actually, I didn't say popular celebrity, so there we go. Um, I need a group of people. Uh, Just a collective name for the a Mormons. Group. All right. <laughs> and then finally, I need a state of being like uh, Z- like Zen. Okay. All right. Okay. Are you ready for this? I am. In 1988, in California, plumber Dennis moves into the house of his girlfriend, Julie, to raise a butthole with her daughters, Katie and Christy. Little Christy has an imaginary Jay named Toby. When smelly things begin to happen in the house, Dennis decides to place cameras (laughs) in the house to jump images during the night and soon he finds there is a toenail in the house. <laughs> Damn it. Dennis's friend Donald Trump researches the events and learns that his house might be a coven of Mormons. <laughs> and the children may be in Zen. <laughs> I love this. That's paranormal activity two? Three. Three. Because hey, that the coven funny. of the coven yeah. of Mormons gave it away. <laughs> You I know, like this game. This Coven is a lot of, of fun. Coven of Mormons is more accurate than you might think. So I love it. What I did is I just crossed them out in the in the rows I'm excited. where I have the parentheses. All right. Well, let's do this. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> All right. I All like right, that Good. One. All right. Like so that. first off for you, I need a place. A place. Um, Kinko's. All right. Perfect. Uh, next up, I need a noun. A noun. Um, let's do avocado. Ooh, I like that a lot. Uh, all right. Next up, I need an adjective. Um, let's say black. Ooh, nice. Uh, an adverb. Ooh, an adverb. Swiftly. Ooh, I like the way that sounds. Let's get swiftly up in here. Uh, emotion. Uh, horny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, next up, I need a verb. A verb. Slap. <laughs> uh, next up, I need a noun. Another noun. Bookshelf. Yep. And lastly, I need one more noun. Anal fissure. <laughs> Perfect. Now give us your best announcer voice and read the description of this movie. I don't remember. All right, I'm going to do it like movie trailer voice. Okay, okay I love it. <clears throat> this found footage film is set in 2009. In the town of Kinko's. <laughs> During the town's fourth annual 4th of July avocado festival, <laughs> yes. townspeople become sick, exhibiting a variety of symptoms, which leads local news reporters to suspect something has infected the water. No one is sure what it is or how the black virus is transmitted. <laughs> but as people start to behave swiftly and others turning up dead, fear spawns into horny. <laughs> The town is shut down as government authorities slap video footage from every media or personal source they find in an effort to cover up the bookshelf. But one local reporter has witnessed the epidemic and was able to document a symbol 
and hide the anal fissure <laughs> in hopes that one day the horrible truth would be revealed. I would watch that movie. Do That's have, pretty great. Do you have any idea what movie uh, that is? I, um, y- yes. Uh, it's the one about the fucking fish virus. The uh, Bay. The Bay. It's That's called it. The Bay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was that, not a great movie. No, it wasn't. I really enjoyed this synopsis much more than <laughs> right? the movie. I tried to choose ones that I thought would. We, we need would be to able do to this game more often. I think I really can, like. I this think game. we can do some more madness. This is a lot of fun. Maybe we should take this to one of our live shows. That would be fun. And have an, a crowdsource. A Bill Murray li- Mad Found Libbage. Bill I mean, Bill Libbage. Not Mad Lib. Sorry. Bill Libbage. Yes. That sounds like fun. Murray Libbage. And it gives people another reason to come check out our live show. Well, that's awesome. I think that. Uh, uh, yeah, I think that we uh, basically have come to the end, and uh, um, we're recording. No, we yeah, no, we have the room for like another twenty minutes. Yeah, no, no, we. What is no? What who, is that? I don't know what. To, no, no. And if you have any information about the whereabouts of J and Q, authorities are still on the hunt. Please reach out to my five at highfivethepodcast.com facebook.com slash high five the podcast or twitter.com slash high the number five the podcast as tonight you may hold the key to solving a mystery